0: everyone and welcome to another edition of the Jim and the King Force podcast. I'm Jim, sitting in his home war room is Denver Dave and we're here to talk about the NFL. What's going on Dave, how's it going buddy?
1: Yeah, I'm going alright, self-isolation's going well, not killed anyone yet. More importantly, <laughs> no one's killed me. That's good to know, that's
0: great to know. Uh, so today is our last pre-draft podcast, I know we threatened to do one on the uh, skill positions but we're getting too close to the actual draft day now and we yep. thought that we probably wrap up some of our um, reviews on players in in the mock draft anyway, going through round one. So that's what we're here to do. Uh, this is a full first round mock uh, with trades. So yes. in the previous seasons, we've not done trades on our mock draft, but when you look at it, it's not really realistic that no one's going to move position in the in the yeah. draft. So you've got all these people picking like the lions at three and it's just, it's not going to happen uh, yeah. with how most people think it's going to shake out. so. We've agreed the teams that are trading uh, before this draft, so we're not going to spend ages uh, jostling for, for which picks are being uh, handed out, so we know who's moving where. The only yeah. rule we've got is that I'm picking the odd-numbered teams and Dave's picking the even-numbered teams. So it could be that we are the GM for the same team later on in the, in the first round, depending on how it all shakes down.
1: Yeah, but, it happened with uh, the Raiders. The Raiders are picking at 12 and 19, so we get one each.
0: Ah, okay. So there you go. So, um, yeah, no favoritism on the uh, teams that we're picking. We just uh, flipped a coin before this uh, started recording. And so, yeah, I've got the odd teams and Dave's got the even teams. And let's see how it goes. Um, Yeah, I think that's all the the groundwork I've got to put in, isn't it, Dave? There's nothing else I'm missing.
1: No. I mean, the only thing is, do we want to give a brief explanation as to what trades we've done now or just do them as we go through? Let's do them as we go
0: through. Let's uh, let's keep it spicy. So... um, Unfortunately, I don't think the draft really starts until pick three anyway because as I'm Cincinnati Bengals, as I'm Mike Brown and I've got the first overall pick, I'm not messing about and I'm just taking Joe Burrow uh, yep. from LSU quarterback. We've been through the quarterbacks in our last podcast, so if you want to know our thoughts on Joe Burrow and all the other quarterbacks, then you can check that out at Um Indeed. But yeah, I'm going to be very, very safe and very, very boring and pick Joe Burrow as my new franchise quarterback.
1: I don't think there's anything wrong with taking Joe Burrow first overall. I mean, I'd, I'd like to see the Bengals not take Borough. I mean, again, I mentioned that on the last podcast. <laughs> yeah. Just because they've got so many holes, I'd love to see them say, OK, someone give us a King's ransom and let's really build something special. Um, but chances are they're probably not going to do that, uh, no. which I understand why.
0: I, I just think that they've got an early second round pick, that you know, there's there's no reason for them to to move back when they've got a chance to get a guy that could be their franchise quarterback for the next 15, 20 years. So if you've got the, got the chance to take him, you take him. So that's yeah, my, my choice. Let's move on then, Dave. Are we going to stay boring at two?
1: Uh, pretty much. I mean, this one seems pretty nailed on for me. The only detractor from this is if they decide they want to, or Herbert. Um, mm-hmm. I don't see this happening as because they've still got Dwayne Haskins. They've picked up Kyle Allen from the Panthers, I think for a fourth or fifth okay. uh, round pick. Yep. Um, plus they've still got, um alex smith i don't think he'll ever really play with any kind of melissa in the nfl again but um redskins haven't had a chance to get to her in the building for the doctors to actually have a look at him which is a significant factor um the skins pass rush was ranked 29th last season overall in the nfl so i think it's obvious that they'll take chase young um i think he's a standout uh rusher well standout um linebacker because they'll have that extra coverage behind the line, I think it will help the pass rush significantly because they'll be less bothered about well, they'll be less bothered about what's happening uh in the secondary and be able to construct and get into the quarterback a lot more. Um and with their defense now with Ruben Foster, Landon Collins, Ronald Darby, Monte Sweat, Ryan Kerrigan, Darren Payne.
0: There's a lot of yeah. first round talent in that, that. Do you know what? When front you front actually seven.
1: When you actually look at it on paper, and now they've got a defensive coach who knows what he's doing and can organise a defence. You look at it going, mm-hmm. go is actually quite a decent little unit they're getting there. If you can add Chase Young to it, I mean, Chase Young's good in the secondary and he's, and well, not in the secondary, but as a linebacker because he can drop back and um, play that outside linebacker role or you can play him on the edge. Whether he'll be able to play that outside linebacker role in the NFL as effectively as he's done in college previously is a different matter. Um, but certainly as an edge rusher, I think he's special. He's, there's no doubt that they're taking him at two, if, as long as they decide they don't, don't want anyone at quarterback. I do like them picking up
0: Landon Collins as well in free agency. That yeah. was a, a shrewd move. So, yeah, I'm expecting good things from Chase Young and uh, Romo Vera in Washington yeah. next season. Okay, so, yeah, we've kept it very
1: plain and, and to the numbers, basically, so far, one and two. I mean, one thing to mention, anyone who's not picking Burrow or Young Chances are it's clickbait, so... um, (laughs) You'd think so, wouldn't you? Because everyone else has got massive red flags on them. Pretty Um, much.
0: But with pick three, is the Detroit Lions, and we're going to instigate our first trade. (laughs) So we've got the Miami Dolphins moving up because they've got the most draft capital in the world. Uh, What is it, like 12 picks or something they've got in this draft? So... Um, they've got three, so I've got 14 picks in this draft. They've got three first round picks and we have them switching their number five. So it's great for Detroit because they don't have to move back too far. Yeah. Um, and they also give them the 26th pick in this first round. So they keep hold of their 18th pick, but they give up their 26th. So Detroit get two first round picks uh, works for them. It means they still get to get the player they probably want anyway. And uh, it means that the, Dolphins can move up um, and get the quarterback that they want, which is Tua Tungovaloa, yeah. who, you know, think of a year back, there were teams that were tanking for Tua. Well, that was the thought process anyway, before Burrow had his screaming season. So he is a, a productive quarterback. He he does have the traits that you'd want from a, a franchise guy. Um and I think it just makes too much sense here. When you've got so much draft capital, you can't keep accru- accruing picks forever. So you've got to eventually start using them. And I think that if you're not going to be able to get go up to one to get Joe Burrow, then you might as well go for Tua and hope that his uh, his injury history is is just that his history.
1: Yeah, I think it makes perfect sense. Excellent. <laughs> so I mean, the main the main the main part with Tua is the fact that. He, he's, when he's going into the Dolphins, he's not having to start immediately. No. He's going to have time to develop and you're going to get a full gauge as to what the injury situation is. Yeah. Um, but I think he suits the way that Miami play. They're slightly gun ho but they can also um, scheme for plays as well. And with the guys that they've got coming in, I think it makes perfect sense.
0: And you know, get the people talking about, should they take Herbert? Because Herbert's not as injury prone. I'm like, yeah, but the ceiling is nowhere near as high yeah you might as well swing for the fence and it work out um yeah. and if it turns out in a year two years time that he's actually you know he's bust up as a as a quarterback and he really can't do it well no one's going to blame you for taking two her now or if they do yeah. then they're just short sighted anyway so um i wouldn't have
1: a go at the dolphins if that that was the way it it sure. No, and it, and on the flip side of that, if Tua turns out to be brilliant, then everyone's going to blame the Dolphins for not picking Tua in the first place. Exactly. So is, yeah. From from the pessimistic perspective, it's a no-win situation. But yeah, and no, I think yeah. it makes perfect sense. It all depends on the on
0: the you know, whether his body hangs together. But that's true of anyone. <laughs> Doesn't matter what yeah. you know. You can that get into one day Absolutely. one. So, uh, there we go. First three picks and we've got a trade into uh, pick three. But now it's New York Giants. Dave, you are Dave Gettleman now. ah, Denver Dave Gettleman.
1: (laughs) Well, Dave Gettleman's previous approach was to pick his best player available. who was at the top of his draft board. So, everything that we've heard previously was that he'd have a draft board in his war room. And it was whoever was top of that draft board, which is why they ended up with Daniel Jones. Which I don't think has worked out all that badly. He still picked high, but not all as badly as we thought it was going to be. Um, whereas this year, everything that we've heard is that is going to be picking the best player available, regardless of where they are. Well, he did the, the draft same board.
0: thing with Saquon Barkley, didn't he? Arguably, you to could say that Saquon was, you know, a better overall prospect,
1: but yeah, not the position but of need. Saqu- but Barkley was uh, well; it was definitely a position of need because prior to that. I don't think they had many running backs. I think it was Orleans Dark as they starting running back the season before. they no so need to get them to win games. It was definitely a need. Definitely a need. But I think, so this year is picking best player available. And I think part of that is because I don't think a lot of teams have uh, as much detail on their big boards as they previously would have because it's relying on tape rather than interviews mm. and getting people in the building and that kind of thing. Um, old habits die hard. And I think, to be honest, regardless of all of the rumours, I think the Giants are... regardless of the rumours of the Giants shopping their pick, I don't think they will be. I don't have them moving. And I think they'll go for best player overall. So, against my better judgment, I've got them going for Isaiah Simmons. Um, <laughs> Why against your better judgment? What's wrong with Isaiah Simmons? Because, no, I, no Isaiah, Isaiah Simmons, brilliant. I love him. I think the Giants... big. This is the difference. The Giants board says that they need a tackle the best player on so you would have them going for an offensive tackle but Gettleman's approach now is best player available which means they'll go Simmons if it was a case where he was still picking the best player at the top of his board at this point we'd see one of the top tackles go in so I think that's the difference against my better judgment meaning that the Giants will continue this new attitude that they've adopted um old habits die hard and I think there's a fairly good chance that they're going to end up picking one of the tackles and probably a tackle that no one rates but <laughs> yeah I mean it's the Giants it's that what they do happen. you know okay. well, where did Daniel right. Jones get picked? where was he overall? 6-7? Six. Six, well they're only Six picking fourth it's only, it's only two picks ahead Who's the tackle <laughs> version of Daniel Jones?
0: <laughs> uh, we have to go for uh, doesn't matter. I'm not getting into that one. Okay. So, uh, all right. Okay. I wasn't expecting you to take uh Isaiah Simmons there, but um, yep. fair enough. Uh, so then we've got the Detroit lions at five. That's me. So I didn't, didn't get to pick them last time, um, but I've moved out to five. I've acquired another pick in the first round. So as Bob Quinn, I'm going to be taking Jeffrey Akuda, cornerback yep. from Ohio state. It just makes far too much sense. You've got a, a defensive head coach. Uh, they Moved out Darius Slay, so they're getting a, an instant replacement slash slight upgrade uh, without the hopeful bitching that they were getting in in Detroit. So, um, yeah, I think it's fairly simple as a, as a pick here. Jeffrey Rekula, there's yeah. not much more um, I've got to say about the guy. I, I think he is the best cornerback in the draft. I, you can tell we're getting you know closer and closer because now people are starting to say he may not be the number one cornerback in the draft, but don't let him fool you. He really is legit as a lockdown corner.
1: <laughs> I think it makes perfect sense. They're getting the guy that they pick at three anyway, and they're getting it at five with an extra pick later on. So I think yeah. it makes perfect sense.
0: Yeah, everyone's happy. Yep. So there we go. I'm not going to say anything more about Jeffrey Akuda, best cornerback in the draft. So Dave, you are now Tom Telesco at the Los Angeles Chargers. California Chargers.
1: Um, so the yeah. Chargers have to pick a quarterback here. The only real choice Ooh. is, whether they, go, is whether they go for Tua or whether they go for Herbert. Now, as Tua is already off the board, then by yeah. default, it's Justin Herbert. You're settling, are you? Pretty much. I mean, <laughs> they've had they've had Philip Rivers since 2004, and I don't think for one second they'll want Tyrod Taylor as the face of their franchise in the long term. It may well be that um, you know, it may well be that they stunners and they go with Jameis Winston or Cam Newton to pick or pick up and and then pick up a grade A piece um, mm. at number six, but. I just don't see it. I think with moving to a new stadium and being the second team in LA you're going to want a star quarterback and if you look at Herbert he fits the bill as a star quarterback in terms of his sellability. Big, strong, good-looking guy. I've done worse, you know. Uh I'm not sure if he'll start in his first year but as a senior he was he you know he was uh super he was uh, Rose Bowl MVP. From what we hear is Academically gifted, so he'll pick up an offense quickly. I've got no doubt that he'll go in there. Probably won't be a bust. Whether he'll be spectacular or not is down to opinion at the moment. We have to wait and see how he uh, how he adjusts to you know life in the NFL. But generally, I I, I don't think the Chargers go anywhere other than uh, quarterback here, which only really leaves us with one choice. I don't think they're going to go for love. I think I'd love really? them to go for love. I think that'd be amazing, especially as a Broncos fan. That'd be superb. Um, I just don't see it. So I think Justin Herbert's the the sensible choice. Okay. And I think this this from your well, next pick now number seven. <laughs> this is where the draft really starts.
0: Oh, so I'm now Marty Herney. Yeah. So yeah. we had
1: a we had a real choice here. Do we trade out seven um, yeah. at the Panthers? We opted not to because we thought that the Panthers would. There's a bit too much in it, in it for them to, to want, And they've got decent draft capital as well.
0: They do, yeah, and they, they have to move out of a, of a position. And they've got yep. quite a few holes. They've got a brand new um, head coach in Matt Rule. Yep. Um, so he's want, going to want to take as many picks as he can get. But um, the chance to get a number seven piece here. And this is really awkward now because I was hoping that Simmons would fall down to seven. But you've nicked yeah, him. Yeah. And they don't really need an <laughs> offensive tackle. Uh, they picked up Russell LeCun uh, and they've got, well, Taylor Moton on the other side on right tackle. <laughs> aye, aye, aye. It may yeah, uh, and I think it's too high for Patrick Queen. So the only other place you could look is a um, defensive tackle uh, where they've only got real, uh, Woodrow Hamilton as their mm-hmm. nose tackle. So let's shake it up and let's take Derek Brown. Ooh. Uh, Yeah, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. (laughs) Um, I mean, he's not my favorite nose tackle, but um, I just think, you know, he had such a good career at Auburn. uh, He is, you know, from most consensus, he's a top 10 pick. So I'm going to stick him there.
1: I think he's a very safe pick. Very safe pick. But one thing I would say about the Panthers is when you watch them last season, um, the opposition offense were almost getting a free game. So they have to bring in someone who's going to trouble um, the opposition offensive line. And they didn't really have that. Yeah. Um, I personally went with an offensive line just because their biggest weapon is the running back. And they've just got a new quarterback. So that's potentially going to influence them as well. But if you would if you would sit here and make a full case as to why they're going to go defensive line, I can't argue with you. You're absolutely right. Yeah. So yeah, no, it was a good pick. And I think Derek Brown is, for the most part, most people's first um, defensive tackle off the line. So I think yeah. That makes sense.
0: Yeah. So there we go. I just so picked, uh, this... Derek Brown for the Carolina Panthers. So now we've got pick number eight, which is the Arizona Cardinals. And we've yes. got another trade, Dave. We have.
1: So. <laughs> go on. <laughs> the Cowboys, we've got moving up from eighteen, uh, from 17 to eight. Yep. Um, and the Cardinals dropping back to 17. Now the Cards themselves obviously they have done a lot of trading around recently and um, they're going to be looking to pick up uh, additional draft places. Uh, if you're looking at actual number of picks that the, um, that the Cardinals have, the Cardinals don't necessarily have uh, a huge amount of draft capital. Um, in total they've got They've got eight six picks, picks. And they've got no second rounder. They've got no second rounder, but in terms of actual draft capital, they're 16th in terms of draft capital themselves. So they've got six picks in total, not eight. Um, but in terms of actually what their picks are worth, I know they've only got six and that puts them 30th on the list. In terms of what they're actually worth, they're 16th. So, but beyond that, they're going to still want to continue to get those extra picks, which is why I think... Uh, when you're looking at Dallas, Dallas have got the capital to be able to move up and the need as well. But for me, I find this really difficult because looking at the Cowboys, the Cowboys have got skill players. They've got a lot of skill players, but if they're moving up from 17 to eight, one thing they're not going to do is go that high up for an offensive tackle. They're not going to go that high up for someone who, I mean, this is Jerry Judy. Sorry, just giving away who my pick is. This is Jerry Jones. (laughs) They're going up for someone who is gonna steal the limelight so I'm going for Jerry Judy what we've got is uh I think this still appeased Dak because he still hasn't signed the franchise tag yet that's still not been signed so he's virtually not under contract and he's got until July 15th to run it um what I can see is Jerry Jones wanting to pick someone like a linebacker or a lineman but there's a lot of those in this draft so he'll pick those later on so I think uh Jerry Judy will will be his main man. He's a great route runner, run four, four, five in the combine, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, creates separation really well. There was a piece on him that I uh, that I watched, and it was all about how he creates separation. And he creates separation through movement and deceleration. I mean, watching him go from full speed to stopping is amazing. I mean, the cornerbacks just cannot keep up with him. And he was the trusted receiver from that invincible tour of Alabama offense. So I think it makes perfect sense. And I think this is where if if Dallas do trade up, they're going to be looking for that key part. So now you're going to have um, three wide receivers and uh, it is, it's going to become a power offence. I think if they stay where they are at 17, I don't think there's any doubt they're picking up a defensive piece. Um, if they're moving up the board, then I think they're going to go offence and therefore that's why I picked Jerry Judy. What's your
0: okay. thought? Well, I mean, it's, yeah. If, if you're going to move up, which is what we thought the Cowboys would do, Um, they haven't got another first round pick, but they're giving up pick 17, a second and next year's first and third to move up this many spaces. Um, It's got to be for a number one player at their position. And Jerry Judy fits that bill. Um, Not quite for me. He's the one B in my wide receiver rankings, but uh, I can't argue with someone as shifty as Jerry Judy with him on one side and Amari Cooper on the other. who has been, um, sewn up for a while uh, with a new contract in in Dallas, then yeah, yeah, you, yeah you, it's a massive upgrade for them, and it means they're more likely to to win that division
1: that's up for grabs every season. Yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's the one division where you look at and you can make a case for either of the two good teams in that division winning it because I mean, yep. historically it hasn't been the Giants or the Redskins fairly recently uh, we hope that'll change but no it's I mean even up until what was it the very set the second to last game or the last game of this season it was down to who was going to win it and who's going to make the playoffs so yeah. Yeah, yeah I think it makes perfect sense
0: I mean I would so, say that because I picked it so. <laughs> thank you very much Dave <laughs> so now we're on to nine Jacksonville Jaguars um yeah yeah, they've got 12 picks in this draft. I just did in a, a UK fan mock draft. I was the GM for the Jags and I couldn't trade, so just had to make my way through all 12 picks. I managed to pick up a player at basically every position. And one of the few things that are really annoying as a as the Jags GM, David Caldwell, is that actually their wide receiver group isn't that bad. Uh, they just picked up um, Chris Conley in the offseason. Um... And Tyler Eifert, which I think is a sneaky sneaky good pickup as well. well. I like Tyler Eifert. I think he's all right. He's all right if he's playing, Dave, but the problem is that he doesn't play. So uh, their second best tight end is James O'Shaughnessy, but he's he's serviceable. So every time I wanted to take a wide receiver, I just felt there were other positions that were more in need for Jacksonville. Uh, I can't believe they're running with Minshew as their number one quarterback, (laughs) but... Oh, well, that's Jacksonville for you. Um, they're not used to having a good quarterback anyway, so... Um,
1: no, they've had success without that in the past, so I don't think it's, it's... I think it that's, like that's their comfort zone.
0: Yeah, it looks like they're trying to ship Fournette as well for more trade pieces, Um, but you're not going to take a running back in the top 10. You might not take a running back in the in the top round of the draft, so couldn't touch there either. Like I said, they're just brought in Tyler Eifert, someone I'm going to do tight end. It's going to have to be the defensive side of the ball. Um they got dominated quite a lot last year. Um, Teams are running through them. Teams are passing on them. Uh, So I'm going to have to go defense. And I just took Derek Brown two picks ago. So I'm going to take the other defensive line guy that I really like. And that's Javon Kinlaw from South Carolina. It's who I took in the mock draft as well. So I'm going to do it in this one in hours. Yeah. He's just a uber aggressive defensive end. He's, very, very um, good at different moves of getting through the offensive line and getting to the quarterback. He can chase down, sw- uh, swing wide receivers. So, yeah, I really like uh, Javon Kinler, I think he's just got the right kind of attitude. I liked- and also,
1: they, they might be losing um, Yannick and Gokwe as well. So, Yeah. Well, they franchised him, mm-hmm. didn't they? So, if yeah, they're getting but- <laughs> something for him, if they're getting something for him, it may well be in next year's draft and then really load up on that one. Um, yeah. I had, um, when I did my personal draft um i had them going Derek brown but as derrick brown's not on the board i agree i would i'd definitely go um, go with your pick there so i it it makes perfect sense i mean javon is big strong um similar i think to uh similar i think to what what we've seen with them have success in the past with the likes of Calais Campbell that a guy who's able to battle his way through the line and rush from the inside Yeah, Um, so I think it's a comfortable pick it's what they know Um, so yeah I think it makes perfect sense Thanks (laughs) Okay so we're up to
0: pick 10 and that's the Cleveland Browns and uh oh there's another trade day.
1: There is another trade. The Cowboys have so got everyone by taking Jerry Judy off the board. <laughs> well, this is it. It's, this is kind of the way it's worked out. It's worked out brilliantly. Yep. Um, because the Vikings obviously need a wide out. Um, so they're moving up. Now, currently, the Vikings have two picks in the first round, twenty-two and twenty-five. Yep, they're trading both of those two to the Browns because we know the Browns can't go for one season without having more than one pick in the first round. They're exactly. Yeah, it. this
0: is a very weird situation
1: for them. <laughs> yeah. And um, Vikings will be moving up to ten, and uh, Browns will be moving to twenty-two and twenty-five. Yes. Now, had we decided that there'd be any more draft capital after that? So would, would there be any additional picks going I don't think the they need to. I early. think
0: the move up to 10 from 22, to have two first round picks, yeah, I think is enough for them to move up that many spaces.
1: Looking at actual draft worth, um, so 22 and 25, if you add those two together um, in terms of actual draft value, it, uh, I think it adds up to about 3,000 because each Draft position is uh, warranted a point, yeah. Um, and the way that it works, so I did the maths on this move. It adds up to <laughs> slightly more. So twenty-two and twenty-five added together add up to slightly more uh, than uh, they then the Browns have currently for ten. So there's yeah. a fairly good chance that I might need to, as a sweetener, throw in a fourth or maybe a late third or something just as a sweetener or something. Let's not argue about that too much. Let's let's just worry about the the first round. We're not giving up the future picks or anything like that. Maybe there's Um, a later one. So the Vikings are moving up basically because the Cowboys have made the move on Jerry Judy. They've lost uh, Diggs and the Treadwell to the Bills and the Falcons respectively, but they've still got Adam Thielen. Yeah, I think he did okay last season. (laughs) He was there as a good foil. He was a first round pick for them, didn't work out. No. Well, they've still got Adam Thielen. They've made they and so I think it will make a nice tandem with Thielen, Rudolph, and for them picking up CeeDee Lamb. Um, yeah. Now, it's with CeeDee Lamb, it's all about what he does after the catch. So he's a good runner, he makes Good separation is, you know, is great hands, but if you it's what, what he does after the catch. He will crash the ball, immediately change direction, make players miss, and gain first downs, and sometimes gain 10, 15, 20 yards. I mean, these are college secondaries he's going against, but that will still translate in some way to the NFL. Um, before the projected trade, the Vikings had 12 draft picks, so don't be shocked if they had another wideout later in the draft as well. Um, they had a huge number of draft picks, but in terms of draft capital, they weren't that high. Um, so expect them to go wide out again, maybe third round at the latest. But yeah, I, but I think they have a need at wide receiver and that's why we'd see them moving up.
0: So this is crazy because in many, many mock drafts that I've been checking out, we've lost about three or four offensive tackles by this point, Dave. We haven't taken one.
2: Yeah. No. <laughs> I think all well, that's
0: about to change fairly soon, though. Uh, it's happening right now with the Jets. Yeah. As much as um, I would like to take a wide receiver here, their O-line is atrocious. Yes. Uh, right. I mean, if you look at it, it's, it's all late-round flyers from other teams that have, have moved across to the Jets. Their highest-drafted tackle on the right-hand side is uh, Chuma Adoga. And he was a third-rounder last year for the Jets. So they need help quick. And if they can't take Jerry Judy or CeeDee Lamb, in the uh, top 11, then they might as well take the best left tackle in the group. Um, so I'm going to go with Tristan Wirfs yeah. from Iowa. Um, it's kind of a toss-up here when you're looking at the, um, the offensive line because some people have got Jedrick Wills from Alabama as their top tackle. Others have got Andrew Thomas as like the most solid offensive mm. tackle. But Tristan Wirth just seems to have a combination of that, and the, yeah, I didn't think he, it was like all of them allowed like one sack between them for the entire last season. So yeah. um, it's really pick your poison there. They're all amazing. Um, I just see that
1: Tristan Wirth usually goes at the top of these ones. Um, I think we've so I've I've watched a bit of quite a bit of tape on these. Um, okay. And my Tristan Worst isn't my favorite. Okay. I think pound for pound for pound is the best athlete, probably in the entire draft, considering his size. He's a freak. I mean, he did a what was it four, four uh, eighty-five forty time in the combine. He could probably play as a defensive tackle. If it doesn't work out at uh, offensive line, he could probably stick him in a defensive tackle and do a good good job. My my <laughs> issue with him is yeah his lateral movement isn't that quick he plays a bit too upright and that's he's not the only one who has that issue and a lot of the time he ends up on his ass a bit too much the amount of times we see him going down in college i think if you can get someone who has a good offensive lines coach and you can be patient with him it's okay let's just take it one bit at a time let's turn you into a real good uh, lineman i think he's got an amazingly high ceiling um what yeah what we've seen in recent times is that linemen especially offensive linemen especially take a year or two because of the restrictions that are being placed on um, full pad tackling and full pad uh, practices They take a year or two to really worm into it so don't be surprised if this year he looks a bit Looks a bit suspect, and then starts getting <laughs> to it. Year two, year three, especially with the They yeah, Can't afford on for any of
0: that stuff. They can't afford for yeah. a, a year off like they do normally with their. First which is round why,
1: picks. which is why I had them going with Andrew Thomas. Um, but I mean, we'll come on to him later. I think, I think it's right. Their, their, their line is so bad. They have to pick someone up, and they have to pick them up. You've got George Fount at left
0: tackle, yeah. and Alex Lewis left guard, Connor McGovern the guy you know about at center, yeah. ex Bronco. Colin
1: McGovern. they they've just signed him. I think he's a decent center, I think he's okay um, exactly yeah, right. I don't think he's I don't think he's too bad. I just don't think he's worth the money that they've paid him. They threw a huge amount of money at him, and as soon as that happened, normally when a player gets poached from your team, you offer them a contract that's slightly less that they've been offered just to see if the loyalty would keep him. We didn't even bother because we'd have been offering him <laughs> six or seven million below what they were offering him. It was crazy, it's crazy money, yeah yeah.
0: Okay, so there we go. We've taken the offensive tackle finally off the board. We um, have. Flying in the face of other mock drafts, but that's the reason you watch this one is because it's different from all the others. So yeah, uh, there we go. Now we're on to the Las Vegas Raiders. Mike Mayer finally gets his claws into this draft. He's got, like I said, (laughs) two picks in this first round. Um, So what's he doing, Dave, with his first pick? Now he's got no wide receiver.
1: So the Raiders don't have a second round pick. So the temptations think that they'll go big with the first round pick in terms of draft strength. Um in terms of draft strength, they're sixth overall. So they can pick up a wide receiver and don't have to do it immediately. Um uh, now in the drafts that we've already seen Judy and Lamb taken off the board. Um, and if we've learned anything from 2019 draft is that Mike Mayout does what he wants and doesn't follow the consensus as exhibited with the Cleland Furrell and Josh Jacobs picks. Mm-hmm. Therefore, I've got the Raiders going for a guy who fits the bill for what we've seen of them. They're picking a guy who is a strong leader. Um, he was a walk-on at Oklahoma when he was just 17 as a day-one starter. Mm. I mean, that that doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah, um, wouldn't be shocked if he moves up the board a bit higher than this. Maybe. Well wow. I think uh, there's a lot of people who at the combine were interviewing him and were stunned, and it's it's kind of buried away within little inter- within little comments that people are making when everyone talks about him. say oh, everyone loved him. Everyone loved him, but it's kind of a throwaway comment. Kenneth yeah. Murray is a I think he fits exactly what this new version of the Raiders want. A young, tenacious, hard-tackling leader on defense. And I think he is properly brilliant. I think he's superb and he fits exactly what they want from him. Now, the only argument to this is there's no doubt that the Raiders want him. I'm not saying they'll definitely get him, but there's no doubt the Raiders will want him. The question is, do they go for a wide out? Because we know that they need one and risk yeah. Kenneth Murray be still being there at 19 later on? Or do they just go, he's the guy we want, let's go and get him? And that's exactly what they did with Cleveland Farrell and what they did with Josh Aikens. said, he's the guy we want, let's just go and get him. Yeah. And I think that's why Murray goes here. And I think he's that defensive piece that the Raiders have been looking for for so long. Abraham's coming back next season as well mm-hmm. with Farrell there. They've got a young core that's going to
0: help Yeah, Max Crosby. It's yeah. yeah.
1: So. Yeah, it's, it's, a, I, it's a good pick. If if Every, you watch
0: Kenneth Murray and if you know about him, then he is uber oh, aggressive.
1: Yeah, the ball doesn't go past good. him. So super good. Yeah. Um now there's a a lot of Raiders fans all listen to this and all they've heard is we're going for wide receiver, we're going for wide receiver. <laughs> I'm not so sure. Um it wouldn't shock me if they do go for someone like Ruggs, but I've got them going i yeah, I've got them going for what I've learned from the last draft that they do, and that's go for the guy that they want. Um so yeah, Kenneth Murray.
0: There we go. Okay, so, Kenneth Murray is number 12. Number 13, we're moving on to the San Francisco 49ers. No, we're not. There's another trade, Dave. It's the Philadelphia Eagles. Word. Woo! Philadelphia, seeing that uh, their division rival, Dallas Cowboys, have moved up in the draft to get Jerry Judy. And they've seen uh, Minnesota move up to get CeeDee Lamb. They're going to have to move up as well in this draft. They want to get the guy that they want. And they're Uh, looking at
1: going, they've got one. I want one too. I want one.
0: one. (laughs) So we've got them moving up from 21 for the 21st pick, obviously, uh, switch of first round, their second round pick, and a fourth round pick. So from 21 up to 13, they're giving up three picks to do it. They haven't got a lot of draft capital uh, else to play with. But... We think that obviously this is a free pick basically for the 49ers. They weren't expecting to be picking at 13 anyway. And John Lynch loves taking advantage of a team that's desperate. So even though Harry Rosen's one of the better GMs in the league, I think that it was fairly obvious what that team needed last year was a a wide receiver that wasn't injured. Um, They've got Deshaun Jackson coming back, hopefully from injury this year. But I think that the temptation to I take mean, Deshaun a, a Jackson's getting is not, on a it's too much. He is getting on, so yeah. Um, I've got a choice of two here. And
1: they've also lost Nelson Aglar as well.
0: Yeah. So I've got a choice of two receivers here. Do I take Henry Ruggs, who is the quickest guy in the draft? Yep. Or do I take LaVisca Chenault, who is the kind of wild card, but could be a Julio Jones-type receiver, do it all, and not slow either? Yeah. Uh, ah...
1: I think why, you think. why are you thinking? Go on, Dave. About go on. Try it? and, um, and tempt me into one of these two. <laughs> so, the reason we made this move more than anything was it wasn't as much about the Eagles wanting to move up. It was about the 49ers wanting to move down. They don't have a huge amount of draft capital. No. They've got two first rounders, then nothing in the second, third, or fourth. Yeah. So, for them, it, it makes sense for them to move down. So, it wasn't as much about hey, what do the Eagles want? Let's move the Eagles up. It was more, the 49ers are going to move down. Who's going to take that? And I think it made sense for us after, I'm not going to lie, a lot of heated debating (laughs) that the Eagles would be the ones who are most likely to move up based on what we've seen, the run of Judy, Lamb, Ruggs. Well, potentially Ruggs going. That's that's who I've got. Um, Let's do it. You've got. Let's do Henry Ruggs. I
0: think... No, no, I I was going for Ruggs anyway, just because they kind of hinted at their intention anyway last year by picking up Deshaun Jackson, that they wanted that outside speed. Um, But also it's a copycat league, isn't it? And if we watch what the the Chiefs did with um, Tyreek Hill and those kind of swing plays around the back, Henry Ruggs does that all day. So, um, yeah, I just think it makes far too much sense not to take Henry Ruggs and also LaVisca Chenault has his injury worries. So I'm going to play it safe and I'm going to go with the fastest guy in the class. Henry Ruggs is going to the Philadelphia Eagles and Philly fans should hopefully be a little bit happy about that.
1: Yeah, I think it makes perfect sense.
0: So you are now Jason Licht at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Still ecstatic that you've got a 43-year-old quarterback now on the (laughs) centre. Rather than the guy that's so, over five thousand yards.
1: So if you, I think if you look at the offensive line, <laughs> the yeah. Bucks. Now last season it was it was okay on the interior with uh, Ali Marpet and I want to say Ryan Ryan Jensen, I think it was. Yeah, Jensen. On a... the in, on the interior, I thought it was absolutely fine at left tackle. Um, I mean, I was doing some research into who the bottom left tackles were in various in sort of various uh, categories, mainly because that's an insight as to who's going to be taking um, an offensive lineman in this draft. And Donovan Smith, who was a left tackle for the Bucks last season, wasn't out of that bottom half at any point, in any situation. So I I don't necessarily think he was bottom. I don't think he was Garrett Bowles. But also, I don't (laughs) think he's particularly special and he's not a guy that um, that, uh, Tom Brady's going to want to sit behind. So I think if I'm going the bucks, there's several different directions they can go. And I think they go offensive line. Mm-hmm. I think they go... probably. I don't Mekhi think Brady Becton. would have signed
0: unless he'd been confirmed that they're getting an the offensive tackle with their first pick. I
1: agree. I mean, this is what I mentioned that to you previously. I think, it, you know, just as he's about signing, you're going to pick up an offensive lineman in the draft, aren't you? Uh, of course we are, Mr. Brady. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I'm i further up on... Uh, I had them originally going for Mackay Becton. Um, However, as Andrew Thomas is still on the board, I'm going to go for Andrew Thomas. Um, Okay, yeah. He is easily the best run blocker in the class. Um, But he's also very, very good at uh, blocking for the pass as well. I think he's big, strong. And I think the fact that they have a left tackle who is serviceable already means that they're not having to throw a rookie in immediately. Um, So... I think it makes perfect sense that if it's not working out immediately with Andrew Thomas, they've got um, Donovan Smith who can still slot back in because I think they'll obviously keep both. But it makes too much sense for them not to take an offensive lineman.
0: No, it's, absolutely. It's yeah, the fact they had a choice of two massive ones there was a uh, yeah, not something that's been happening in other on mock drafts. But um, no, great call, great call. So now I am John Elway i will be mistaken with oh. John L.A. a few times. Um, <laughs> but the Denver Broncos sitting at 15. What do I do with your Denver Broncos, Dave? What do I do with them? Uh, I was I was thinking about safety, actually, but then you're actually doing okay still at safety?
1: Um, well, potentially we are. Um, well, we, we've just lost Will Parks. and Will Parks was coming in and our utility guy who's being split between um, free safety and strong safety. So... Um quite ironically, Will was often playing Will, which um those of you who are really into your defensive play that will that'll make sense. Those that you aren't <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. Um so no, I I don't des- I don't necessarily disagree. Everyone's got us going wide wide receiver straight away. Nah. I'm interested nah. to see what you do. I'm not doing I'm not doing offense. Okay.
0: As much as you talk about Garrett Bowles and your tackles and everything else, I am gonna go with edge defender. Okay. And I'm actually going to be picking Julian Laquara from Notre Dame because oh. he's he's slight built, but he converts speed to power very quickly, and I just think that that's the kind of person you want opposite um, Von Miller. You want put that pressure on that they used to do when they got to the Super Bowl. And uh, yeah, he's he's higher rated than people like Clayvon Chase on uh, or Marlon Davidson on my list, so. And he does. He's more productive than AJ Epinesa. So, I thought I'd give you the what I think is the second best edge defender in the draft.
1: So, who are you going for again?
0: Julian Aquara.
1: I'm not even on my board. <laughs> you need to get him <laughs> on your board, mate. So, Notre there Dame. Okay, interesting. Interesting indeed. Okay, I had uh, a defensive tackle. I went Jedrick Wills. Uh, that was just because that was who was left at that time. <laughs> you're, not, you're not getting him. No, more than likely not. Um, so for the Falcons, who yep. are 16th, mm-hmm. uh, now the Falcons need to upgrade in a few key areas. Um, I think if you look at wide receiver, Russell Gage is really their only real slot receiver since Mohammed Sanu was traded to Foxborough last season. Um, Alex Mack's the only starting center he's got to be 34-35 now I think he's in the last year of his contract as well um, the Falcons cut Desmond Trufant at the start of free agency which really only leaves Isaiah Oliver uh, Kendall Sheffield and the outside corner uh, as, as the outside corners um, yeah. for a few stragglers of course few names we've probably not heard of um, so for this I am going to choose CJ Henderson cornerback. Ooh, that's good now, yeah I think it makes the most sense for them. Um, He's out of Florida, so he's not a million miles away from home. (laughs) Lightning fast, like horrifically fast. Um, He does miss a few tackles, though. That's the only reason. I mean, I'm not not saying he misses tackles all over the place. He does miss a few tackles, though. That's why he's not up there um, being rated as one of the better uh, corners that we've seen in previous years, where you're looking to go around about 10th or so. but smart guy. I mean, he's he's one of those guys who looks as though he covers uh, covers well on man and zone. So um, yeah, I, I think he's uh, one of those guys who's going to be a success long term in the NFL. And he's, he's definitely a hundred percent. The Falcons need to pick up a corner at some point. So why not go uh, go early? Absolutely. Yeah, they're
0: starved at cornerback. That's one of the worst cornerback groups you've, you're going to see in the NFL.
1: It's um, the worst I, I remember seeing for quite some time.
0: Yeah. So now I'm the cardinal. I'm Steve Keim, and I've moved out from
1: eight to seven. Channel your channel your inner Steve Keim. Get yourself so on the end of a brick easy. a couple of times.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is so so easy. I'm picking up Jedrick Wills from Alabama.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Um, okay. Quite how he got down there, we'll never know. Apart from really looking yeah. at this draft board, but um, absolutely ridiculous. I need to protect Kyler Murray uh, mm-hmm. and. I've got some wide receiver pieces, thanks to my uh, raping of Bill O'Brien. So, <laughs> um, yeah, it makes complete sense to take an offensive tackle, especially one of the three best. A lot of people have them as their number one as well. So, um, not too much thought has to go into this one. Jedrick Wills, yeah. Alabama.
1: That makes sense. I mm-hmm. I really like Jedrick Wills. I think. Oh yeah. When you When you looked at um, guys who were all round um good players i think he he was one of the guys who i mean he's a physical freak he's, he's probably the second strongest that i had um i think one i think he's pffs ranked overall 11th player yeah yeah I mean, again it doesn't surprise me once he's able to move and find a man um yeah you know he, he hunts down players and creates huge gaps i think he has lower success against edge rushers so against someone like uh daniel hunter or um von miller or something he'll have a little bit less success but i mean most most people do in the nfl it's it's not really too much of a too much of a slam on him but no he's he's a very very good player
0: okay so we've now got the second pick for the dolphins with the fifth pick I uh, picked up Tua Tungvala. No, sorry, the third pick I picked up Tua Tungvala. They've still got this second pick in the first round. So what are you doing with it, Dave?
1: Now, most people have uh, most people have this guy as the fifth tackle. Um, now, for me, I think he's slightly better than this. And Miami, uh, Miami definitely need... Um, helper guy, helper offensive line. They've got probably the worst offensive line in the NFL. Um, I think it's a it's a good mix of strong and agile. Doesn't always allow sacks. Uh, Eleven of his games went without him allowing a man getting past him, let alone being a sack. Mm-hmm. Uh, Started forty five games across four years in college, so seasoned. Yep. Uh, has good strong hands. Doesn't tend to get beat over the top. Um, so I'm going for Josh Jones. Josh Jones. Um, Josh Jones. I really, really rate. It's not fashionable. No. I think no, it's the only thing that might. The only thing that might affect his attractiveness to NFL teams is that he hasn't had to have. Uh, he hasn't had to play in a standard NFL set. So by that I mean, the level of competition he's been playing at has been quite low. So he hasn't had to play in a standard NFL drop back in Yeah, he's playing for the games. Houston Cougars. So Yeah. So he hasn't had to play standard NFL dropbacks in too many games. I mean there's a couple of games I was watching him. He's played against three, three, five college defenses, which you just don't see. You don't see teams playing a three-three five. You just don't. So I think there's a level of question at the level of competition he was at, but he was so far and above everyone. And every every piece of commentary you hear. From anyone says that he was a standout guy offensively after Yeah. the senior bowl. When it came to the senior bowl, everyone loved him, and I think it's so Miami for them to go and get uh, <laughs> go and get the guy who is going to shock and just be superb. I, I, I everything I saw about him, he looked brilliant. I don't I don't remember seeing many people getting past him. To have eleven games without letting a man get past you. That's amazing. If you're going here, to be taking
0: to, um, to a a Valoa with the third overall pick, you need to start protecting mm-hmm. him straight away. So, 100%. yeah, that makes absolute sense that you're taking a, an offensive tackle there. And see, we've taken the top three off the board, so Josh Jones yep. is your next one up. Yeah, um, on you your board. So, sense. okay, so I'm now Mike Mike Mayok, and thanks to the Chicago Bears, still dealing with a uh, Khalil Mack, I've got another yes. pick here. So we don't have a second-round pick. You picked up, um, who was it? It was Kenneth Murray you picked at linebacker.
1: Kenneth Murray at linebacker, yeah.
0: Which is a great pick. But I'm going to have to give one of my two mediocre quarterbacks something to play with. Um, I agree so going, with you. Receiver, I, I,
1: I think they go wide receiver here as well. I think we may disagree which one though.
0: <laughs> well, I've mentioned him already, but Lavisca Chanel is going to be the guy yeah. that I'm taking. Uh, like I said, he can do everything. It's just that he has got an injury concern. Um and a couple of well, kind of tiny things to improve, but and it's come from a, a small school in Colorado. Hey, uh, behave.
1: <laughs> the Buffaloes, mate, you know. A hey, the Buffs. But the Buffs, buffs. play Pac twelve. They still play Pac twelve. It's it's not as though he's, you know, at Wyoming or something like that. The yeah, problem but was I, I last think this season, is legit, so yeah, no, I think he is. I think the problem was last season he had Stephen Montez throwing at him. Um, and yeah. the first games I tend to watch are the Colorado Buffaloes. Um, when we went to um, Denver, we went to we went to go and see a Buffs game. We just couldn't quite make it in time, uh, but we went up there to see the stadium and see what it was like. And it's, it's part of my. Colorado loving that the buffs of the first team might tend to watch. But so one of the reasons that he went through a few injuries, and a lot of them were impact injuries, is that the quarterback thrown to him was Stephen Montes. Now, as much as I like Steven Montez, he uh is a bit like a baseball pitcher who tries to throw it too hard. So every now and again you reach in for uh, passes. And there was a few times he was going into situations he shouldn't have been going into where he's was done double man coverage. Yep. And um, getting hit from both sides and going out with injuries. So, a lot of the injury concerns aren't pulled muscles, aren't you know tissue muscles, and that. it's just impact injuries. So, if you've got a guy who's got injury concerns, they're the injury concerns you want—the impact injuries, because you can take them away from them. It's not—it's the opposite side to Will Fuller, for example. Will Fuller is constantly pulling different muscles. Whereas the other side of it is Wes Welker, who's just getting hit. You know, you can take the hit; it's fine. You can steer him away from that. So I think it's a good pick. I would have had Justin Jefferson, but um, I I'm think not as
0: so. high on him as, as other people are. I I just think I like he's appropriate to the system okay. rather than. Uh, I think it was a bit too easy for Justin Jefferson last year. I agree. But there we go.
1: That's that's been my criticism on him as well. But you can only go on what you've what you've seen of him so far.
0: That's fine. I just I went for the guy that had the. the rubbish quarterback thrown at him and still producing um, yeah. and being and looking special far too often. <laughs>
2: uh,
0: so, yeah, he looks like a may-out guy to me, someone that yeah. Green will love to play with. So, yeah, that's the Viscic shot at number 19. We're going to pick 20, and this is the Jags' second pick, thanks to the um, trade-out of Jalen Ramsey to the LA Rams. So, so
1: first overall, we had them picking Javon Kinlaw. Yes, so they've covered off defensive end position there. They have. Um, there is another need they have defensively, though, which is why i got them going for AJ Epinesa. Um, uh, yeah. So the Jags have holes all over. Um, is that, Epinesa hasn't gone yet, has he? No, he hasn't. I'm just double-checking no. then. i got a sudden attack. He's already gone. <laughs> he's already gone. Um, I think – so they've got holes all over the team. As I mentioned, they've got 12 draft picks. Um, yes. So they've got lots of time to fill with them. I think at this point – they go potentially the best player on the board or the best player on the board in accordance with their needs. Um, I think, he, so looking at Eponacci's big, strong, heavy set uh, defensive lineman, one of the heaviest defensive linemen in in the draft, um, moves really well for someone who's 6'5". Um, they've had success again with guys on the defensive line. I think this kind of flies in the face of what I was saying of, They've got lots of holes, so fill in different positions. I think you load with the, the strength and the fact that he can play in a 3-4 four, or 4-3 four, defense and rush from the interior or exterior makes perfect sense for him as well. I think he's yeah. one of those guys who kind of becomes a bit of a hybrid and not just someone you sit in the center and go, run out the quarterback. He can do different things. You know, He's that, that guy who's a bit of a utility guy. Um, so I think that makes sense. If they don't do this, I'm not going to name any names. If they don't, I think they go kind of outside, maybe linebacker or something like that, a bit more of an orthodox linebacker as opposed to Epenesa.
0: Yeah, they have lost a lot of pieces on their yeah. defensive side of the ball. They used to be old oh, Saxonville; they were
1: threatening. That's so that is so, so gone now. now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well Epineza, so, I think you've watched. I'm assuming you've watched a lot of Epenesa. Do you see him more of a defensive lineman or an edge rusher? Because there's loads of places listing him as an yeah. edge rusher. I'm not sure he is. I think he's more of a lineman than he is an edge rusher.
0: Yeah, I think he fits well in a 4-3. Let's put it that way.
1: Yeah. Uh, no, I, I agree. I think playing inside on a 4-3 would be perfect for him. Yeah, um, Outside on a 3-4, obviously. But it wouldn't shock me if they kind of... They can lean on him in certain situations to play outside linebacker for thick set plays where they think your opposition are going to run it so you can really load the box and have that extra man there. I think he's big enough and strong enough to do that. Obviously, if it ends up being a run play, you're going to get torched. Um, but, but yeah, I think he's one of those guys who can become really effective against both the run and the throw.
0: Yeah. No, I think that between him and Kinlaw, that's a massive upgrade there. That's, that's a yeah. scary defence again. So... We're now at 21. It was the Eagles pick they traded up with the 49ers. So I'm now the 49ers. I am yep. John Lynch. <laughs> and when you look at the 49ers, I mean, they were so close. They got to the Super Bowl last year. Many people didn't have them doing too well. Obviously, um, Adam Rank famously had them going 3-13 and 13 in his preseason um, picks. So that didn't work out for him. There were very few holes in that um, 49ers team. Now, a lot of mock drafts have not taken a wide receiver at 13 because, I don't know, they got jealous of the the Chiefs. But I think that's a ridiculous idea because the 49ers work based on their run game and zone running and their offensive line beating up people. They absolutely dominated the Packers by running the ball and not having to throw the ball. So you don't need to put a wide receiver in there. What, What caught them out in the Super Bowl? Slow corners. They could not stop. They could not stop Sammy Watkins. They couldn't stop Tyree mm-hmm. Kill. They couldn't stop um, Mikko Hardman. They just, they couldn't, they had no answer on the outside. And they got torched a few, enough times for them to lose them that, that game, losing the Super Bowl. So, yeah. and they haven't addressed it in free agency. They've still got Richard Sherman as their number one cornerback. So I'm going to take <laughs> Christian Fulton from LSU. He's my second okay. best cornerback on the draft. So, Second best. Uh, second best cornerback as far as I'm concerned in this draft. Interesting.
1: What yeah. did you see that made him so, so attractive?
0: He He's great at man coverage, and he just sticks with the, the wide receiver. He's got mm-hmm. high intelligence in the, in the position as well. It's like we were talking about um, before the, the, um, the pod. He gets thrown the, <laughs> that side of the field a lot, so he's yeah. busy. And I think he held up very well against you know, good opposition. In the SEC, yeah. So, um, it's that kind of that well, kind of player that they want in in San
1: Francisco. I'm slightly annoyed because I had him going later on to <laughs> one of my teams. Um, Sorry, so he's Dave. he's playing opposite Derek Stingley, who is um, the consensus All-American, first-team SEC cornerback of the century. I mean, yeah. Teams avoid him, which means that they absolutely load on Christian Fulton, like you yeah. wouldn't believe. So he's getting thrown the ball. Almost every single time the ball leaves the quarterback's hands. And because of that, his when you look at his stats, you look and think, "Mm, not not too sure. I mean he's I don't want to say he's undersized, but he's six foot. Everyone else around him's bigger than that. Um under two hundred pounds as well. But really, really well. CJ Henderson's six one. He's not though yeah, they're not not over them. But they're all over two hundred pounds. They're all bigger guys. So when I say he's undersized, I'm not just talking about his height. He's a, he's a slend, slightly more slender guy. But, I mean, he's older than all of them. He's more experienced. He's the only senior, really, out of them, other than Jeff Glandley, And they're not picking him in the first round. Nope. So, I think it makes perfect sense. I think he's very, very underrated. I'm just slightly annoyed that you stole my thunder.
2: <laughs> um, That's what no, think it's think <laughs> It is, it is.
1: Um,
0: okay. So, we're now at 22. And this was the Vikings pick, but we've just had them move up. So, it's now the Browns. It is. First of their two
1: picks. So um, Now, for the Browns, I think it's fairly obvious where the Browns' shortcomings are. And I think they are mostly... The, uh, at, the owner? Well, <laughs> I think... So, first of all, I think you look at the offensive line. Um, there wasn't... The amount of times that that we were seeing... The quarterback having to get the ball out of his hands so fast because he was getting no protection. Um, so I think on that point, you have to look at the offensive line at some point during the first round. They've obviously now got two picks at 22 and 25, and it makes sense at 22 to get your guy, get the best guy that you um, think is there. They've got the Patriots coming next. Who knows what they do, followed by the Saints before you pick again. Are either of those who are going to pick up a left tackle? Maybe, maybe not. I think on this occasion, you have to go from the Kai Beckton if he's there and available. Um, his left tackle, ha- uh, didn't, he didn't do... I don't think he played every game at left tackle. I think he played a few at right tackle as well. Um, yeah. He's got an amazingly high upside. Still a bit raw. Um, shines in college due to his size and athleticism. But once he gets in the NFL and comes up against more technically clever players, I think that's when the truth will really sort of show on him his headline numbers are again slightly misleading uh, but again really really good player i think he will instantly improve them at uh, the combine didn't do the three cone which i felt i thought was a bit i was a bit disappointed with because he's six foot seven you want to see how quick they can do the the three cone just you know to see what his movements like he didn't do that i did a 5 140 which um i think is kind of what you expect but no Mackay beckton is he's uh from USC, I mean, he's done everything that you you expect him to do um, in college, had a good combine, has drafted well, has uh, interviewed well. I think there's no reason to think he's not going to go in the first round. I think he makes sense for the Browns. Well,
0: I'm... I can't t- pretend not to be annoyed at this one, Dave, because I had him go in with their second pick of him. So thanks for jumping me on that one. Um, right.
1: you, you can have it while I was having second <laughs> one there,
0: so I'll fill in that one for you. Oh, man. Yeah, McCoy Becton is an absolute beast at guard. Yeah, he's, scary.
1: he's so it's like when you know when you watch a documentary about space and they talk about everything being big and then when they're trying to <laughs> when they're trying to explain something that's bigger than big they describe him it they describe it as super massive that's what makai beckton is he's not big he's super massive he's the yeah. he's weighs the most 364 pounds i mean that's like me and you combined, it's massive. <laughs> he's so big, but moves well. He still moves okay. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think I think he's, he can potentially be one of the bigger value players. Um, but because of his size also, he, he can be one of those guys who's a massive flop and you can end up coming out going, why did we pick him? Um, you won't know until he gets the NFL. So to a certain degree, you are rolling your dice a little bit. If there's any any of the other, if, this is my little disclaimer, if there's any of the other top guys available at this point, I think they side for them as opposed to going for Beckton. Right. But think, okay, well, they, they won't be though. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's, that's every chance if Becton's available, they're taking them.
2: Okay.
0: So, now we're on to pick 23. That's the Patriots. A lot of people yeah. are interested in what the Patriots are going to be doing with this draft because they've got twelve picks, but the, um, the real problem for that is they've got no second round pick uh, yeah. they've got what's it three sixth round so four sixth round picks, two
1: sevenths so a lot of their three thirds yeah i mean um, if you if you kind of disregard sixth and the seventh round because um, they've got six picks in the sixth and seventh round in total yeah um, three in the third I mean yeah they've got a lot of picks but not a huge amount of draft capital. So yes, they've got a lot of picks. I just it's not necessarily as strong as the headlines would suggest, just because of the the number of sixth picks that they've got.
0: So I think that's why people are saying they're good, they're candidates to move up and get a quarterback because they've got yeah. twelve picks. But then when you look at them, the actual value of those picks aren't great.
1: Oh, it's completely so, worthless. <laughs>
0: yeah, and also Belichick's not the type to move up for a quarterback
1: anyway. I so, don't remember. I don't remember the. I don't remember the um, Patriots moving up. I can't remember the Patriots moving up for quite some time.
0: They typically move um, back
1: or they yeah you know, they trade out their picks for if, other players. If you rank the teams based on the number of picks and they're joint second with 12, if you rank the teams based on strength, so number of points that they're available, they rank at 23rd. So I think that tells you everything you need to know. They just don't have the draft capital to be able to move up in the draft. Which surprised me because once once I did the maths on it, I looked and went, mm, OK, it's not, kind of not what I expected.
0: Yeah. So I, I don't think they're doing that. I think that actually they've got, they've been investing in wide receivers for a few years now. So they're not going to do that. Uh, I actually think they're going to go defensive side of the ball because it's not just Tom Brady they've lost. They've lost a lot of other great players. Carl Van Noy is a huge loss for them. They've got rid of three offensive linebackers, sorry, outside linebackers, uh, including Jamie Collins. So there's other um, massive holes here that they need to fill up. So Mm -hmm. I don't think they're going to be touching the offense. I think they Belichick is a defensive-minded head coach. I think that he can get the best out of a bad situation at uh, at quarterback. But I think that he'll want to shut down other teams and then give them good field position. So I think he's going outside linebacker at this point. Uh, We've obviously lost Chase Young and AJ Epinesa. Juno Lecquire has gone as well. So I'm torn between Curtis Weaver, who is freakishly athletic but he plays for Boise State so you know <laughs> who are you playing against uh, Zach Bowen as well he's got almost no tape but he plays for Wisconsin so that's a kind of blue chip uh, place for outside linebackers Yeah, uh,
1: you're going to steal my pick I was going to have them go next for the same
0: <laughs> oh. I think he would rather take Curtis Weaver as an athlete and and mould him than take Zach Bowen who hasn't just hasn't got the tape on him. So that's who I'm going with. Um Kers, oh. outside linebacker for Boise State Broncos. I mean wow. six foot three, two hundred and sixty six pounds. Um but he is a scary person. I think he's a
1: a replacement for some of that outside linebacker. The I mean that that is such a Patriots pick. I mean, I I, I couldn't figure what the pick. So anyone who doesn't who is new to the new to the draft or anything like that, the Patriots never do what you expect them to do. Nope. I had them picking a center just for lulz, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, that's it sounds ridiculous, but the center I had them picking um, was Cesar Ruiz, and I was talking to you about this yesterday. Yeah. As far as centers go, he's special. I mean, I know that's like saying a punter's special, but he is. He's properly brilliant. If any centre goes in the first round, it will be him. He's superb. Um, but no, I didn't have him picking Curtis Weaver, so it's not. It, I don't think it's out of the realms of possibility, just in the fact that it's a weird pick. Um, I, yeah, so yeah I think no, I, the
0: knock against getting Cesar Ruiz at that point is that they've got um, Joe Thune and Shaq Mason either side of David Andrews at centre.
1: Yes, so I
2: think it's probably really it,
1: the biggest weakness for them. It's not, but at the same time, how many times have we seen? Um, the Patriots pick a player in the first round who isn't necessarily of an immediate need because they've got an yep. eye on the long term so that's
0: fine I just think he's going defence I think that he's yeah, he's, no, had, I to, he's, he's so. had to give up several years of first rounders into offensive players and so this time he's like no it's my turn now
2: yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> he is the um, GM especially, only the best only the best head coaches are also GMs you know <laughs>
1: well our friend in Texas is a <laughs> testament to that absolutely I think I I uh, I think now he doesn't have to pander to the, I don't want to say the ego of the quarterback, but certainly the demands of the quarterback who holds a lot of power there as well. I think it would be it be a bit weird on, in hindsight if he didn't go defensive side of the ball because that's where his heart lays. So yeah, yeah, I think it makes sense. Just um, before everyone, I...
0: everyone cries about Curtis Weaver not being a first-round talent, PFF had him as their 26th overall player, so...
1: I, I, th- I thought he was one of those guys who's going to sneak in the back door um, if there's a yeah. run on li- linebackers. So, yeah. The play that I thought you were going to go for is who I'm going to go for now at 24 for the New Orleans Saints. Mm-hmm. Saints are a bit of a weird one um, because they don't have any blatant needs. Their line is superb. They're not picking up a left tackle because they've got Ryan Ramchick, yeah. um, who you know I'm a massive fan of. The fashionable thing to say is they need a quarterback. I think they're still <laughs> invested incorrectly. I think I think they're still invested in um, their backup. Taysom Hill. Um, yeah, I mean, if you want to call him a quarterback, I like Taysom. He's not God. a quarterback. He's, he's a cartoon character. I think he's brilliant. He's, gadget. he's great. In- He's great entertainment, doesn't play for my team, so I'm not overly concerned. Um, I think he's good to watch. I think he's very, very good to watch. They put a first-round tender on him this year as well, which says that they're serious about it because they're going to have to pay money that is relative to that first-round tender. Yeah. Um, I am going to go for Patrick Queen. Now, the reason I'm going, I think on the face of it, you look at it and go, why are they going to go linebacker? They've got talent there already, but it's... I think at this point, when you're down at 24 and you're in the sort of lower echelons, you're going best player available. Um, Patrick Queen, for me right now, is the best player available. Um, LSU is starting to really pull out some decent linebackers. I think Devin White last year, Quan Alexander. Um, He seems to be able to diagnose a play really quickly. A bit of a ball hawk, but also able to drop back and fill a man.
0: Uh, Phrasing?
1: Uh, play man or fill a deep hole. Hey, Phrasing um, Has lateral quickness, covers passing lanes really well, um, but has also got the size and strength to tackle a tight end as well. So
0: we're just done with phrasing, right? That's not a thing
2: anymore?
1: I think in the game tape, in the, the interesting thing I saw about Patrick Queen was in the game tape, you see him organising the team pre-snap. So whenever they're coming up against a team who are changing what they're doing, he's the one saying, go here, go here, do that, do that. And it could be one of the real casualties of this draft dropping down the list because because of the run on certain positions that he's going to be outside of the top 10. I think in previous years, you would have seen a player of his calibre. Going much, much higher in the draft. The guy that he reminds me of more than any, I think, is probably Derwin James. I don't think he's as much of a ball hawk, and obviously, Derwin James is a safety. But in terms, remember that game again, uh, when James came up and played linebacker um, against the Ravens in the playoffs? Yep. He uh, was that kind of ball hawk linebacker, middle linebacker, outside linebacker. Uh, it kind of reminds me of that's what I saw from Patrick Queen. He'll obviously be less effective in the NFL, um, but real talent, real, real talent.
0: He's a bit of a tweener, isn't he? Because he's just so quick. He's sideline yeah. to sideline.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: And again, really annoying, Dave, because you just stole him from who I was going to take
1: him now. Uh, for <laughs> the... <laughs> <laughs> do you know what? You've got to be happy as well if he gets stolen from the Browns because he means you I'm don't have to play him twice a year.
0: Because uh, I'm now going to do something I really don't want to do. So I'm now Andrew Berry. And yeah. I'm gonna, I, I really wanted to take Patrick Queen there because I've sorted out... Um, Mackay Becton, the offensive line offensive guard, so that's great um, you look at the depth chart for the Browns, they've obviously got a good front four on the defence um, fairly decent uh, safeties, so again we haven't taken a safety yet, but I don't think they're the team that needs it two I very good quarterbacks.
1: I don't think there's that many good safeties in this. I think there's only two good safeties there are a in this. Central... Anyway. Yeah, that's what I mean. There's only two. and I don't think they are any particularly going at the well, top of the draft.
0: Maybe not round one talent, but um, no, I'm going to look at their enough. middle linebacker group because Joe Schober is one of the people that I really liked for the Browns. One of the very, very, very few, probably a oh. class of one uh, players that I like <laughs> for the Browns. Uh, he's gone now. So I'm going to stick in someone that I really don't want to see go there. And that's Willie Gay Jr. Okay. Um son of longtime Steelers cornerback Willie Gay. Um Willie Gay Jr. plays for Mississippi State Bulldogs and his draft stock has risen. The reason that he's not the number one overall middle linebacker in this group is because of his off the field red flags. Um it's <laughs> never stopped the Browns before, so that's why I'm taking him. And yep. so okay. They're red flags, but they're not the worst red flags in the world. It's not like you know he's got this videotape of him beating someone up. He had a fight with a quarterback once, and he cheated on a test.
1: Now, do I really care about him cheating on a, a test? I mean, we've all cheated on a test. Let's not lie about it. Yeah, Sorry. I did it. Uh, I did it. I did it regularly. But, but <laughs> I had a seen go where someone else was doing my test for me. It was great.
0: Yeah, but. <laughs> But looking at how he plays on the field, he is an absolute monster. So yeah. I really I don't want to see him go to the Browns and play against my Steelers twice a year uh, because he is dangerous.
1: Um, but that's who I would take. If you've taken Patrick Queen away do from you, me, then I'm going there. Do you think... That, so this is as much a question as it is a statement. I'm genuinely interested in what you think of it as well in the fact that there's rumours that Beckham's going to be going. So... Yeah. I mean, there are only rumours and he's still there at the moment. But because there's such heavy rumours that he is going to be going, you have to look to replace him at some point. So why not do it now? They've got an extra first round pick that they weren't banking on. combined yeah. with the fact they've got a second round, two third and et cetera, et cetera. So as this is kind of a bonus pick, can they just go a bit glory and go wide receiver and get a sexy player who's going to you know, make everyone just really get behind the Browns again because that traction that they had last <laughs> get year Get behind it, the Browns? Well, that traction they had last year where there was, there was genuine a genuine Superbar fear hype, yeah. of the Browns by a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, it's something I've never experienced and probably won't experience for quite some time. <laughs> but I think that's something that they really enjoyed as an organisation. So it would make sense for me if they do go for that sexy signing of trying to get someone who, you know, would would grab the headlines. I'm not sure who's available at this time, but... uh, You're right, it's definitely
0: a possibility, but like I said, at that point in the draft, I just thought there's a position of need that's really there. They haven't got a a lot of depth at wide receiver, but we know how deep this draft is so yeah i would
1: expect them to okay. still i mean it was I, I wouldn't expect i wouldn't expect them to go wide receiver in round 1 in any way but as this is a bonus pick that was just a, a yeah. thought that was popping out there um, talking of wide receivers we've got the dolphins at 26 Ooh. now as you as you're giving them a uh, but this is not the give... dolphins because it's now the lions because they oh, traded up lions? to 3 yeah uh, this was uh, the
0: dolphins' okay. third pick it's now the lions' second pick
1: they're oh, still getting Akuda. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to go for a guy who I really, really like. Um, okay. Massively underrated. I don't think he'll go in the first round. <laughs> so what are you doing, uh, Dave? Come on. The reason I'm doing it is because their offensive line is terrible. Like, horrifically terrible. So I'm going for the best offensive line player who's available right now. Um, and that is Matthew Pert. Ooh, now I'm fully that's expecting a you... I'm fully expecting you either to know everything about oh, him or nothing. No, I but know about I, Matthew Pert. I really, really he's on my sleepers board. He's from yeah. the University of Connecticut, so staying quite local. Um, he's not a million miles away from Detroit. No. Nope. And he's played, I mean, the thing is with Matthew Pert, first of all, he's six seven, so he's absolutely massive. Um, he played left tackling sophomore, moved to right tackle um after that. I mean Honestly, I cannot, describe how, I, I cannot describe how excited about this guy you are once you see what he does on the field. He just moves players at will. He looks smooth, protects the inside for the run, um, protects really well for screen passes. I mean, the amount of times you saw him running down the field, taking men with him, it was kind of... Anyone who's seen The Blind Side, the film The Blind Side, and um, that point where all of the scouts see the video, where Michael Orr's running the guy down the field and then sort of pins him over the bench. Um, There was one point where that's what you saw. Um, And yeah, he just looks so, so big, so powerful. The problem is he's not playing in in a stellar division. Um, No, he's not. (laughs) He's not. But at the same time, he he still looks like a man amongst boys. And that's what I'm saying. I don't think he'll go in... The first round, unless there's a run, as we've seen on offensive tackles, um the big bonus is the fact that he can play a left tackle can play a right tackle, and I think he even played a few snaps at guard as well um so yeah, Matthew pert go in to the lions at twenty six yeah, from Connecticut yep
0: um yeah it's it's definitely an interesting one it's a it's a free free pick for them basically because they're moved down so They've got two very, very good players there, Inakuda and Matthew Pert. 27, we've got the Seahawks. So I'm now John Snyder. Uh, don't think they're going to do anything about the offensive skill positions. Um, they're going to hope that Chris Carson comes back and is actually healthy for a season at running back. Uh, you've got Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf, a wide receiver, so they're okay there. I think they, as normal, look at the lines, either the offensive or defensive line, Typically, anyway, although I'm now sitting here and I've got all the safeties available and we know <laughs> that they're missing a safety. Uh, they've only got Bradley McDougald and Quandre Diggs really as their starting uh, safety pair. So I'm going to just pull the trigger on the best safety on the class, Nats, Xavier McKinney from Alabama. And he's going in, Dave. As yep. As much as they usually go with an offensive or defensive lineman, I think they're going to go with Xavier McKinney and be done with it, because any Alabama defensive player is usually a, a safe bet. And the fact that they've just sat there at 27, he's fallen down to them. Um, they don't have to yeah. worry about Grant Delpit or anything like that, so, yeah. Yep. Xavier no, McKinney, bish-bash-bosh. All done. Yeah, um, There's nothing else to really say about Xavier McKinney. <laughs> he's very, very, no. very, very, very good safety.
1: Um, so, I so I was looking at uh, I've got the Ravens now at 28 and I was looking at what the Ravens need now what the when you're looking at what the Ravens need it's a very very short list they've got pretty much everything they need straight away so I was looking at best player on the board um, yep when, you, when you're looking at that, you're really looking at what you like and what you prefer. Now, the obvious answer when you're looking at ratings is Trevon Diggs. I think they'll go defensive side of the ball um, rather than offensive. I think they've got enough weapons offensive. Um, okay. I think they could probably do with a tight end. But quite frankly, the best tight end in this um, draft is <laughs> probably worth it. Cole Kemet and... Yeah, he's not going in round one. Maybe not even in round two. Although I do really like Adam Troutman. Keep an eye on that name. I mean, Mark Andrews um, is a very good tight end. He is, but they've just got rid of um, the ginger fellow. What's his name? I forgot the other... No, Henry... I can't remember what his name was now. They got rid of him anyway. So he's gone somewhere else. Hayden the other, Hurst. Hayden Hurst, I said. So he's moved on. Um, I can't remember where to, but yeah, he's moved on. So they've only got one real tight end now. Um so they will, at some point, be looking to pick up a tight end, I'm sure. They've got Nick Boyle as their second tight end. Nick Boyle's okay. He's more of a blocking rather than a receiving tight end. That's the issue. Go on, go on we're going
0: defence. Let's, uh, let's move
1: on. So I'm going defence. Um, I am probably going to go for uh, a cornerback who I rate better than Trevon Diggs. Uh, I'm going AJ Terrell. Now, mm. he's out of Clemson. Now, the reason I'm going AJ Terrell Yep, is mostly because every single review that or every single uh, summary that you read about him says that he's a leader and he's smart. I mean, immediately that is exactly what the likes of the Ravens look for: someone who can come in and immediately take take the reins as being a leader and a guy who can learn to play the way that Harbaugh wants to play. Um, I mean, look. When you look at his game tape as well, he was starting to move before the quarterbacks were even throwing the ball. I mean, that tells you a lot. It's not just not just smart academically, but smart in terms of the way that he plays. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't be shocked if he ends up going to play free safety at some point in his career because he's got that ability to be able to track. If he does end up playing strong, I don't think he'll. End, I don't think it'll be for the first couple of years, mainly because they've got the likes of uh, Earl Thomas, but. Um, I mean, even Earl Thomas has edited the way that he's been playing recently, rushing rushing the quarterback, which we've never seen him do before. Um, so, AJ Torrell is a guy that I really, he's on my sleep as well. I think he's really, really good. Um, and I can say the exact opposite for uh, one or two of the other cornerbacks, Jeff Gladley, for example. Um, so, yeah, AJ Torrell for the. Rose shades at the end. Why do need to do that? No, I just wanted to because I didn't know if he was going to come up again. So, I just wanted to throw it in there. That <laughs> <laughs> we've only got three picks left, Abe, so I think it's yes. okay. Uh, um, I think we've got four. We've got four because you're at 29. Oh yeah,
0: sorry I just put, I locked in my 29th pick, sorry, that's why I'm only seeing three. So I'm now John Robinson, the uh, yeah. GM of the Tennessee Titans, a uh, bit of a fairy's tale run into the playoffs last year. you know, managed to find a quarterback that actually throw the ball, and felt some success with it. So that was great. A.J. Brown was a revelation as a rookie wide receiver. Yeah, um, took the reins off Derek Henry, and that seemed to work. So they've got him on the franchise tag, so they're going to pay. Him, you know, they're going to use him again. I'm guessing this year. Hmm. So I might as well stick with the hot hand and go with a wide receiver again. It worked so well for me last year, so why not do it again? And I'm going to take okay. T Higgins, wide receiver from Clemson. He's one of my favorite all-round wide receivers in this class. Um, I like T Higgins. He's big. He is able still to get separation with his speed, um, so he can attack the point of the um, point of the pass. So, yeah, I just think with the ones that are left, he is the safest bet. I could have gone for Michael Pittman from USC, but I went for the bigger school with the better class of uh, opponent. Um, and I really like T Higgins. I just think it, you think it talked about it enough in these mock drafts, no. you know. I think everyone expected him to go like second round, but. I think that the Titans have seen that they can actually throw the ball. They've got a, they don't have to work around a quarterback that's restricted in how deep he can throw the ball. So you might as well yeah. give him what they hoped Corey Davis was going to be, which was that kind of big, but still strong and fast wide receiver to
1: complement AJ yeah. Brown. No, I think that makes perfect sense. Thank you. Um, <laughs> the you know when I, when I was watching T Higgins, you know the player that he reminded me of most, Go on. Portland Sutton. Ooh. So he's not a speedy, speedy guy. Um, quick enough. I think there's enough in him to know he can get down the field. Yeah. Um, and obviously with um, Trevor Lawrence throwing it at him, he was, you know, he was doing, all right, doing all right in terms of accuracy as well. Yeah. I think the thing was, when you look at his reception, I think he had less than 60 receptions, but had more receiving yards than Jerry Judy. That tells you a lot. I mean, it, he was the go-to guy, but he was so—the amount of times he would get the ball and create separation and create yards just through his movement and the way he'd go up and get a ball. And again, I've said this before a few times. I guarantee—I don't know this for sure, but I guarantee at some point he has been on a, uh, a college basketball team, or he's a very, very good basketball player because he's got that ability to take in a ball and that ability to be able to basically create a play from nothing. So where you think there's going to be a bat down or it's going to be intercepted, he's able to create that. Um that reception is actual catch radius is massive. Um and I think he's unlucky that he's in this this class. He's only a junior, so if I was him I would have held on for another season and and uh try and go next year because I think it would have gone a lot higher. Um, yeah. Yeah I, I really like T. Higgins, I think he's great.
0: Excellent. So we've got three picks left. You are yeah. Brian Gutterkunst, one of the, the sweetest names in the NFL. bm <laughs> for the Green Bay Packers. Yes. Now when
1: I was looking at the Packers, I was looking at when you look at their team, they're a good team. And well, I think they're one if you well, if you look at last season, so I think they were what, 13 and 3. And the only games they really lost were the two games against the 49ers. And they got battered each time. Yeah. Now On that basis, they didn't score enough points, but they also didn't stop the 49ers from scoring. Couldn't stop the run. Couldn't stop the run. They couldn't stop the ball over the top. Now, the Packers were one of the few teams that were really allowing the 49ers to go over the top of them. So I've gone cornerback just because they've got two young young corners. Um, I like Alexander. I think he's good. But They did
0: did invest a lot in cornerback a couple of drafts ago.
1: They did, and th- these are the two guys who they've got right now. So it was Alexander and uh, not Alexander, what was his King.
0: Name? King. Um, yeah,
1: so, it? King.
0: King. Yeah, he got Joey Alexander and Kevin King.
1: Yeah, so um, it was uh, someone like Josh Joseph or Josh James or something like that as well. So they picked up another guy. So I'm, I've got them going for Trevon Diggs. Um, now, the reason I've got them going for Diggs is because he's able to play inside and outside, so he's able to do both of those roles significantly and he's able He gives them that ability it's almost having he's not going to be starting every single snap but i think the fact he can play inside and out play man and cover um mm-hmm. and you can play him on the slot or at deep gives you that ability almost frees up a roster spot for you to be able to go and be aggressive and get a key piece on offense um, I still think there's massive holes on offense for the Packers you know, in in terms of tight end. I mean, I'm sure they'll be ruining the loss of Jimmy Gray in this season. Um, and they still haven't really made any great replacements on that front. So first round, I think it's about going for what is most effective. Um, and at this point, I think you go corner and the best corner available at the moment is probably Trevon Diggs. And it'll also annoy the Vikings a little bit. Well, probably not now they've got rid of um, they've got rid of uh Stefan Diggs, but they've uh, basically picked up his brother and um I think he's a major need for them. Um, when you look at the actual packers' needs, I think cornerback is definitely one of them. Yeah. Well Your thoughts? I'm not sure it's, not sure it's where I would have gone.
0: I mean there are some schools of thought that they're going for a quarterback, which would be insane because Aaron Aaron Rodgers would be as nice to a new quarterback as um, Brett Favre was to him. Oh, could you imagine? Oh,
1: could you imagine? It would be amazing.
0: I'm sure that he'd be lobbying for another wide receiver because the depth isn't really there at wide receiver for them outside of Devontae Adams. Mm. So you could make that argument. They also got absolutely pounded on the ground by the 49ers. So it doesn't matter how many regular season games you're you're fluking. And I think they were very, very lucky during the regular season. Some of those games, like the
1: the Panthers game, had them down to the one-yard line.
0: Um, It's a very easy schedule.
1: Against the Broncos, there was a few key plays. I mean, if you look at the scoreline, it looks as though it was not as close as it was. I mean, it was a couple of key key plays and we could have got something out of the game.
0: Everyone knew at the end of the regular season that the the Packers were kind of like not meant to be there. (laughs) No one was taking them seriously as a, a Super Bowl threat. And there some, there's some big holes there, I think. You know, they overreached with someone like Rashawn Gary. That hasn't worked out for them uh, mm-hmm. from last year. Uh, Zadaria Smith is, was great, but, you know, they've, they've moved on some players that they probably shouldn't have done. So I think you either, again, you take another wide receiver here or uh, offensive tackle, well, sorry, somewhere along the line, or you go um, defensive tackle. I think that the secondary for the 49 so for the Packers isn't the biggest area of need, but it's your board. So you were Brian yeah. Gutterkunst and you went for it. So <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> uh, okay. So two picks. left. It's my final pick. I'm John
1: Lynch. This is your last one. 49ers. Nick. Make um, it count. <laughs> I'll
2: just,
1: try. Just, just to let you know. So I had them taking Lviska Chenault here. Um, but obviously, he's already off the board. He went at 19 to the Raiders. Yes. Um, now, the 49ers don't have a second, third, or fourth round pick as standard. Um, I don't think... Did we give them any extra picks uh, based on the trade that they'd done?
0: Yeah, well, so the, the 49ers picked up the 21st pick, the a second round, and a fourth round pick.
1: Okay, They're so they have one second one second and one, and uh, no third, one fourth.
0: Yeah. So they got two more picks before they have to, to pick again. Yep. And so I gave them Christian Fulton, uh, cornerback, with their, their move down pick with the Eagles, which I'm yes. very happy about. So I'm now going to um, build on an area of strength for them, which is the tackle group. Joe Staley is. Uh, Future Hall of Famer, left tackle, but he is on the very end of his career, so I need to start thinking about the future there. And so I'm going to pick what I think is the best player available there, and that's Ezra Cleveland, offensive tackle.
1: Okay.
0: Obviously, we've lost a few of them already. You know, obviously the big three, uh, Josh Jones, but Boise State Bronco, Ezra Cleveland. I think you know we've already had one Boise State person go off the board, so he's got all of the traits you want from an offensive tackle. He's, um, he's got good feet, doesn't have to go too far from a technical standpoint. So he's not somebody you have to train up too far to be a starter in this league. And I think that's what they want. They, they're in a kind of win-now mode anyway. So they just want to fill some of the holes that are potentially coming uh, and get
1: back to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I think it makes perfect sense. If,
0: Everyone's talking if, about wide receiver, but I, I just don't see it. I think they've got very good the, wide re- receivers the reason,
1: as it is. The reason everyone is talking about wide receiver is basically because um, they would have won the Super Bowl if Emmanuel Sanders would have got on the end of that pass, which, yes, I agree with but they would have also won the Super Bowl if they could have stopped. Um, the Chiefs actually playing properly well, so if they I... played
0: better as well if they played to their strengths which was running the ball every time they ran yeah. the ball they had success and they just went away from it so yep. that's not a, that's not you don't need another wide receiver what you need to do is play to your <laughs> strength
1: yeah. Well, it, but it is an obvious reason as to why everyone is talking about wide receivers for them. Well, which wrong. I understand it, and they've they're also wrong. lost. They've also <laughs> lost Emmanuel Sanders as well because he's obviously gone to the Saints. So it's a position of need in terms of that. So yeah, I understand why they are talking about it, but I agree they'll go somewhere else, and I think it will probably be on uh, the offensive line part of it. Early. I just think
0: that Joe Staley is amazing, but he they need to have a future plan to to replace him. So yeah, and this guy comes no, straight no. in basically. Can start splitting the reps sense. and keeping uh, Joe Staley healthy, keep him rested. And with that, Dave, we're at the final pick, pick number 32. It's yep. the Kansas City Chiefs, your Brett Veach. Now,
1: what's going on, my man? You and I have had several conversations about this in terms of talking about trades. We did. Um, three out of the last four years, the 32nd pick has been traded. Yeah. Um, now, the reason for this is simply that a team. Goes all the way through the first round, looks and says, hang on a minute, a guy that we really wanted is still available. Should we do it now? Yeah, let's do it now. Mm, what do you think? Yeah, let's do it now. But the way that this one, whether this draft is going to work in order to initiate a, uh, a trade, it, it's going to be very difficult to initiate a last minute trade because you're going to have the GM who's going to have to talk to positional coaches and all that kind of thing. And then he's going to have to get on the phone to the GM of the other team, who's then going to have to make a call to his positional coaches and his um, scouting team and then get back to the other team. And there's going to be that. They go, I just think there's not going to be enough time to make last minute trades. Um, so on that basis, I'm sticking with the chiefs. Yeah. Um, now they've only got my five choice, picks, but they're top you know, first five rounds. Yes, more, two, three, I five. mean, if you've only got five picks, these are the five that you want, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, unless they're all first rounders, obviously. Now, I've I've penciling in, so I've been writing down who we we've been taking um, huh? as we've been going, and I've I've been looking on them. There's one glaring emission at wide receiver. I think they're going wide receiver here. No, um, yes, they're bringing I back do, the entire I, wide receiver core, Dave. They're bringing back twenty of the twenty-two starters from the Super Bowl. I, I will explain why in a moment. Okay? Go on. Now first of all i think they're going wide receiver and i can't see the name justin jefferson but i thought we'd take it he's not gone no he's not gone so i'm taking justin jefferson lsu um there's obviously part yeah it's probably so lsu are bookending this first round of the draft with the quarterback and the wide receiver pair yeah now the reason i think that they are going to be taking a wide receiver is because um in terms of value, Justin Jefferson at 32, I think is very good value, first and foremost. And I think when you look at the Chiefs and what they're going to have to do in the long term, and Andy Riedel does play a long-term game, um, I think what you often see is that... Uh, once the quarterback signs his new deal, where he's going to be paid a billion pounds, which is what, what, what happens with uh, anyone who's half as good as Patrick Mahomes, you're going to have to make room for pieces. Now, when he comes up for that contract renewal next year, and it's going to happen next year, make no mistake about that, Tyreek Hill is going to have the same thing. And you're also got, you've also got uh, Sammy Watkins, who's on a decent amount as well. And they've restructured his deal so they can get rid of him for not much money. So I think, yes, Sammy Watkins has been brought back, but there's a fairly good chance he's been brought back in lieu to, look, we're going to probably get rid of you if we can get the guy that we want. If Justin Jefferson falls back to 32, I, I think they're going to get him because they're going to be able to take the money away from Sammy Watkins and give it to their all-star quarterback, who's in only his what third year and been on the front of Madden, won a Super Bowl. They're going to have to pay him $40 million or whatever it's going to be. Exactly, they're going to have to pay him £40 million a year and as much as I hate to say it, and I will say it through gritted teeth, he's the best quarterback <laughs> in the league. So they're going to have to give him a new deal next year, right? Which means they're going to have to get rid of people who are earning too much money and Sammy Watkins is one of them. So well they've they're restructured his contract this... so they are, yeah, they've, they've already done that the it. They've restructured it but they're still giving him 8 nine million this year. So when it comes to getting rid of him they're not going to want to get rid of him and not have someone to replace him. I mean, last year there was a news breaking of Tyreek Hill's off the field antics, and they went out and drafted someone second day immediately. Michael Hardman is basically a, a, a clone of Tyreek Hill. So there's that long term thinking straight away going, okay, there's a problem. Let's go and get someone. Let's go and get someone now. I think this is a similar thing. If they don't draft a wide receiver now, I think they'll go safety. Um, because last year we saw that there was an issue towards the end of the season with uh, Juan Hornhill when he got injured. Sorensen had to yep. go in and fill in at safety, which he did okay at. He did very well. Um, I think he's not a natural um, strong safety though, or free safety. So I think there's sense that they'll go and pick up a free safety if they fall in love with someone. Don't be shocked if they go out and pick up a wide receiver, though. That's my top tip at this point. The Chiefs will pick up a wide receiver I think they'll obviously pick up safety. I think that goes without saying. Um, So, yeah, ending the first round of the 2020 NFL mock draft, number 32, the Chiefs pick. Who is it? (laughs) Justin. Justin. Justin Justin Jefferson. Jefferson. I I forgot. I completely forgot who I said. Justin Jefferson. Justin
0: Jefferson. So, not Jalen Rager or Michael Pittman. If you're going for a wide receiver, you want to go. No, the
1: other (laughs) wide receiver, what? Well, the other—I was going to say—the other wide receiver that I really like was Brandon Ayuk. The problem with Ayuk is the fact that there was quite a few fumbles. Um, yeah, a few times the ball came to him and he lost possession as, after the catch and was running forward.
0: Um, School so as well
1: for you. It is, and it's something that's going to keep him out of the uh, keep him out, out of the round. first round. I think.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Um, um, sorry, carry on. No, it's okay. So there we go. That is the first round. Obviously, you know um, we had to instigate some trades in there. So who knows how it's actually going to shake out? But hopefully, that we've drafted based on positional need and who we think is actually going to go in those those positions. There's obviously yeah. a little bit different to other people's draft boards. I'm I'm not enamoured on Herbert or Love, which is why only three quarterbacks have gone in this first round.
1: Yeah, I think this whole talk of there being four, five quarterbacks going in the first round of that is nonsense. I think this is probably how it's going to happen.
0: If, if we think,
1: <laughs> I, so I honestly modest. do.
0: The, no, I do. In terms of like, obviously Joe Burrow at number one, Tua at three, and Justin Herbert five, wherever it was. Um, mm-hmm. Just because someone's enamored with the, the size rather than the production.
1: I think it's more the fact that they have to take someone. Um, It's the fact that they have to take a quarterback. There's no way that they're long-term going in with Terod Taylor. I mean, but as I said, as my little little disclaimer, if they do, you know, stun us and go for a Jameis Winston or Cam Newton, then they can pick up a grade A piece. And I mean, that charges um, rosters pretty stacked as it is. Um, I I don't understand
0: how they haven't done that already. Why haven't
1: they? Why are well, they
0: waiting until the draft to happen to pick up a free agent like Newton or um, Winston? God knows.
1: I mean, if it was me, I'd have had Winston in there already. I think Winston's yeah. a better version of um, Terrell Taylor. I think Terrell Taylor and Infinitely James better. Winston, yeah, they're, they're similar in the fact that they they can both sling it when they need to. Taylor looks after the ball more, but there's more upside to going for it with someone like with James Winston. As someone who's in the same conference as a Broncos fan, I'd rather they have Terrell Taylor, so I'm happy at the moment. I don't mind.
0: Well, if we look yeah. back at it, despite not taking an offensive lineman until uh, the 11th pick, we did yeah. end up taking seven offensive linemen in this draft. Uh-huh. Six wide receivers, but, five cornerbacks.
1: You, you do tend to see that, though. You tend to see there being a run on There players, are runs, the yeah. Um, one question, I've, well, two questions I've got for you. Um, we There's a couple of, position groups we didn't really discuss. Um, um, so first of all, running backs. Who's your who's the running back of your sort of most uh, attracted to?
0: <laughs> okay, so I don't think the running backs going in the first round as we've just No, no, I, I absolutely
1: draft. agree which is why we haven't gone through with them.
0: I, I think that if you, the consensus is that DeAndre Swift from yeah. Georgia is the best running back in this class. Um, mm-hmm. I'm worried about Jonathan Taylor from Wisconsin because of how much he's been used. The same way I was worried about Josh Jacobs. Not saying he's not a very good running back. I'm just worried about if you've been used so much in college, you've only got so many hits. You've got like a hit count as a a human being. Um, I think he's just been, they've run the doors off him basically. So I'm worried about his longevity in the league. Um, J.K. Dobbins looks very good. Clyde the slide, Edwards Hilaire is one of my favorite kind of pass catching, you know, Jukie running backs coming out the backfield. I think that he's got a chance of going early second round, maybe even sneaking in the the bottom of the first. I think that if the chiefs wanted to pick an offensive weapon, I'd rather they took Clyde Edwards-Hilaire than they took a wide receiver because they've already set themselves a wide receiver. So to have another threat as well as
1: Damian Williams, that's, that's who I may have gone for. Um, other I than think that. They can, they can do that later on though, that's the issue. I don't yeah. think they're gonna waste a first on it.
0: Other than that, you you're getting into the kind of cam acres, Zach Moss, fourth round, fifth round talent, I think. Hmm. Um that's the the problem with the whole running back position is it's just not valuable enough. No. Not my choice, but that's the way it goes. It's because of their their short lifespan in the NFL. Yep. That's why I think Jonathan there's... Taylor worries me. I, I, I wouldn't want my team to take him.
1: Yeah, I think there's there's uh, one player that I was looking through. And it, so I was watching a TCU game uh, and Darius, Henderson, uh, Darius Anderson stood out. I, I think he'll probably go in like the fifth round or something like that. Um, his ability to move and make players miss, uh, I was really, really surprised with. He'll uh, be one of those guys who comes in the NFL. I'm not sure if it will make an impact. Um, but yeah, Darius Anderson, just. Keep a note out for that name. So I think he <laughs> okay. might turn out to be half decent. I don't know what his stats were like. He's just a guy that stood out to me in terms of gameplay. Um, a player that you've already mentioned, though, um, uh, running back, was DeAndre Swift. I don't think I've ever been so disappointed with a player as okay. I have with DeAndre <laughs> Smith. Like, legit. In terms of, So. In terms of fumbles, so Jay Ajayi, for example, Jay has got this cloud over him that he fumbles the ball too much. Do you know how many fumbles DeAndre Swift had last season? Tell me, Dave. 18. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, really? He's not going to the Patriots, is he? <laughs> no, people are saying this guy's like Alvin Kamara. On what planet is he like Alvin Kamara? I mean, there's one point the ball got stuffed into his chest and he fumbled it 10 yards forward. It was basically a throw. I've never seen anything like it. His ball security is garbage and he's not good in receiving yards. The amount of time, there was a couple of times when he does the thing that um, Philip Lindsay does. When the ball's coming to him, he sort of jabs and stabs at the ball with his hands and ends up sort of tipping it away and finger it away. And I think that's one of the reasons the Broncos have obviously gone down the road of getting it back. Good. Yeah, he's a good pass catcher. So I think he, the Andre Swift, I'm not going to be surprised because there's a lot in there that's attractive, big, fat, big power runner. I mean, that real monsters over people, real big power runner. There's a lot in there to like. There's a lot in there to be scared off. Don't be surprised if he drops down to like the third round because yeah, seriously, there's a lot of concerns in there, a huge amount of concerns. And he's not massive. He's not, a, DeAndre Swift, he's like 5'7", 5'8", 5'9". He's only a small guy. He's not a big guy at all. Yeah, so I, th- I think they're, they're, they're more likely to go above him. Oh, yeah. Jonathan Taylor will go above him. DK Dobbins will go above him. I like DK Dobbins. But when you look JK at Durbin. DeAndre Swift, JK when you look at DeAndre Swift, as I say, he's a big guy. He's 2'12", 5'8", but he's, he's a stocky little beast. He's like a... I don't want to say a CJ Anderson because CJ Anderson's turned into a bit of a barrel, but that small, you know, stocky little running back... Um, the funny thing about it, though, is uh, again you're reading a few summaries and things about neandre Swift, and the thing that's saying is, oh, he was he was fumbling the ball, and um, you know we we were seeing uh, we were seeing other other great guys doing that as well, and they were ne- throwing names out there. was just like, well, no, that's that's you can say that other guys have been fumbling the ball and that they've been. Um, they cleaned up that side of the game, it doesn't automatically mean that he's going to as well. It's just a bit of a nonsense, if I'm honest. It just, yeah, it just, I, nothing about him says that he's going to be a success in the NFL when you're fumbling balls. At, 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 it's, a lot of them were shotgun snaps immediately and he was taking the ball without anyone around him. What's going to happen when he's taking the snap or taking the ball from under centre? It, it's, it's insane. It, I, I just don't see it.
0: Let's, let's go through a couple of the position groups then and just like, I want very quickly a player that's kind of a sleeper or one that we missed out on the first round. So like your favourite, okay. looking at the list. So let's do tight end because we didn't touch a tight end in this uh, first round. Adam, Adam Troutman from
1: Drayton is my, uh, a is my sleeper. Yeah. Okay. So smooth right runner, only got limited tape. The only knock against him is his limited competition that he's got. Yeah. Um, but yeah, good receiver. Almost a thousand yards last season, 17, seventy receptions. Very nice. Oh,
0: yeah. My one's similar. It's Jared Pinkney from Vanderbilt as I a receiving like tight end. I think that he's uh, underrated. I think when you're looking at you know the the talk is Cole Comet or Hunter Bryant, um, but I think Jared Pinkney and, and again Adam Troutman, I would, uh, yeah. would throw in there as well.
1: You,
0: uh, also Bryce Hopkins as
1: well. Uh, Bryce Bryson Hopkins, Hopkins from a, Purdue. Yeah, you know, he's okay. I d- very, very good player. Very good player. Good receiver. I picked up Pinckney in the fifth round, I think, for the Jags. I mean, if he's slips <laughs> in the read. fifth, I think you've, you've done very well. I think he goes in the in the third, maybe fourth. But no, I think he's good. Any other offensive tackle that we missed out on? Um, yes. So there's a couple that I really... As I said, this is the position I looked into quite a lot. Um, Isaiah Wilson... Uh, I was really impressed with. He's the uh-huh. second heaviest player in the draft after Makai Um yeah. Austin Jackson, I really like. I mentioned uh, Cesar Ruiz as well. Um, but yeah, Isaiah Wilson's. Is uh, he's, he's, I think he's only one of three sophomores in the entire draft, and he's six seven. I mean, imagine what it'll be like when he's a man when he grows up. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's three three hundred and fifty pounds as a sophomore. Christ. He's going to have to lose some of that, I think. You reckon.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. My favorite um offensive tackle that we didn't mention is Jack Driscoll from Auburn. Uh great pedigree there. And I think that someone's gonna get a steal in the second or third round from that guy. Mm. Um, interior yeah, offensive line. We didn't we didn't pick Cesar Ruiz, so he everyone fell out of this. Lloyd Cushenberry from LSU. Yeah. Uh my my favourite on that one is Natani Muti from Fresno State. That's just because he's got a cool sounding name. He is an absolute monster. <laughs> the only problem with him is the injury concerns and he's missed so many of his last two seasons but when he yeah. plays every single snap he's you know hurting people <laughs> on <laughs> uh, guard so I think he's, I, he's not going to hang around too long
1: in day two I had him ranked in terms of uh, talent above Josh Jones um, but the problem is again he's missed so many games that it's going to put teams yeah. off yeah, um, it's it's a similar thing with um, Grant Delpit as well Delpit's lost, uh, has missed quite a few games uh, for LSU, not last year, yeah. I think the year before was the one where he missed games so that's the reason, it's the safety is probably going to end up dropping out of the first round. Interior defensive line,
0: after Derek Brown and Javon Kinlaw, who's your other kind of favourite or sleeper that we
1: should be thinking Um about. So uh, Rashad Lawrence LSU um, he was one of the reasons that you were seeing so much time being um, afforded to uh, uh, simply to um, Joe Borough and his offense because a lot of the time the, the offense were being ushered back on the field after three and out. <laughs> it, um, yeah. it wasn't necessarily that he. Headline numbers aren't great. So it wasn't necessarily that he was uh, getting loads of sacks or huge amounts of tackles. It was just the sheer amount of pressures. Every single, every single play was a pressure, every single play. And the thing is, I think he stood out because you're watching so much game tape because there's so many good LSU players, you end up seeing him a lot more. So yeah. I think, I think he was a guy that stood out. So I really like Lawrence. Um, there was also a guy, James Lynch as well for Baylor. Um, Highlights are superb. Low lights are terrible. So Lynch, <laughs> I think, is one of those guys who's going to be a bit boom or bust. But um there's there are two names that really stood out as well.
0: I love watching um Ross Blacklock Neville... at uh, TCU. I think that he's a little bit better than Neville Gallimore, at Oklahoma. I was going to
1: say Neville. They're Gallimore. very similar. I really liked him. Yeah, but
0: but watch Ross Blacklock, and he just eats offensive linemen. He looks so much like Aaron Donald uh, at the interior defensive line. He just kind of mauls the first guy. If you only single cover him, you're in trouble.
1: He He's was having that so much either. fun. He's not that big either. That quick. Thing. A, lot, a lot of his, his, hand movement as well. Aaron, screwed, Aaron Donald's
0: like... not the, 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 the biggest, is he?
1: That's true. You'd swear a lot of it is, is hand moves. So I think it wouldn't surprise me if someone says that someone like Russ Blacklock is like a black belt in karate or something, and yeah. has that ability with his hands just to manoeuvre people. He's, yeah, he's not, I mean, he's what, two eighty, two ninety, something like that. He's still 6'3", he's still 6'4", you know, he's a big old guy, but um, yeah, no, I, I, I liked him. I had him ranked above Gallimore. Um, again, I, I think he's probably, in terms of true talent, top 30 maybe.
0: Mm. I think he's early second round. Yeah. I think someone's going to be very happy getting him. Uh, he might have fall in the
1: first. Well, he's was, one of was, those tempted. guys who. One of those guys who I'm kind of looking at the Broncos to get because we need help on our defensive line, but it's going to be in the second or third round, and it's yeah. going to be him or Gallimore that are going to probably drop down to, uh, to the third round, a uh, second round. The other, another guy was uh, Roquan Davis from Alabama as well. Huge, yeah. like one of the biggest men i've ever seen he is <laughs> massive like properly massive um just in terms of height he's not a particularly big guy he's just he's just massive mm. it is ridiculous but yeah obviously I ended up watching him a lot of him again because of alabama um
0: looking at edge we didn't pick up yuta gross matos from penn state he's another kind of no. monster
1: it's he just is, Again, injury
0: concerns i think from
1: Red flags on him as well. For me, yeah. he plays a little—he plays a little too upright for my liking. Um, and I think the other big red flag is the fact he had to add weight in his final year. So I think a lot of coaches were probably saying to him, "Look, you need to put weight on in your second year because he's only got two sixty-six now. He's not—he's not a particularly big guy. Mm. Um, he's quick off the line, but he added weight. It's when someone's physically adding weight in order to have more success, ready for the NFL." Just is a bit of a red flag for me. I think if he gets a good coach, he'll develop into a good rusher. Um, there's no way he'll be picked in round one. If he is, that would be a bit of an overpayment. I saw I saw him, I saw um, him
0: this morning from World where they picked him up in the first round. It was late, but they, I think
1: it was the, the Seahawks. But it's a, it's a bit rich for my liking, especially when you've got yeah. other guys ahead of him. Who, I mean, on Chess and uh, AJ Epineza, Terrell Lewis. Terrell Lewis is is someone who I really, really rate. I think Troy Lewis is super good. Another Alabama boy. Mm. Um,
0: okay, so then into well, linebackers again. I think we covered off the the really good ones. I think maybe Malik Harrison at Ohio State. You could mention that
1: missed out on the first round pick for us. Uh, Zach, Zach Bound, well. yeah, yeah, potentially, but plays out outside. Um, but no, I think he, he's got.
0: I think he falls. Talent. Yeah. Um, and cornerback, if I go deep, I'm going to say Parnell Motley from Oklahoma Jesus, one that's kind is of, he might get I think he'll get drafted we're looking at like day three guys who are kind of underrated just because yeah. he didn't play an awful lot at Oklahoma, but when he did play, I think he was good enough to get a, a, a late pick, and he may just work out for someone
1: well the other, mentioning that, so there was a game I was watching. Um, and it was for, uh, it was Pittsburgh, but well, it wasn't Pittsburgh. I was watching. They were the opposition. I think it was Penn State versus Pittsburgh or something like that. And, um, it was one of the Pittsburgh players. I only remember his last name. Let me have a look, to see if he's on my big board. His last name is Jackson, obviously playing for Pittsburgh. He stands out as a <laughs> reminder, but he was a quarterback, a uh, cornerback. And when I looked to see where everyone was thinking he was going to be, I mean, he's probably going to go in round five or six. Um, well, no, he's a guy. He's a guy that uh, sort of I remember just from a few big key plays. I don't know a huge amount about him. Um, I found him with Dane, Dane Jackson apparently. Okay. Um, so it might be one that he. But it, it, again, it's just one or two key plays that you're looking at. Going, oh, okay, he looks pretty good. Then you do a bit of research and find he's not massively rated by everyone. So you kind of leave him alone. But um, yeah, no, he's uh, he was someone that had a little uh, little tape on him. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see where he goes. Anyone that's safety that you fancy that we didn't talk about? So safety, I think, is a it's not particularly deep. Um, Ashton Davis from Cali. Um, he, I think, he's got. He's I mean, other than Xavier McKinney and Grant Elpin, he's probably third on my list. Other than that, you're looking at Anton Wilmfield, uh, Minnesota. Again, hasn't played a huge amount of. Top-class college football, um, pretty quick. Ashton Davis has got a good highlight tape on him. There's a few tackles where he's uh, been hitting from the side, and they're massive, big hits. I think he's one of those guys who was a star at Cali in college. He's kind of
0: like uh, Patrick Queen, isn't he? Just a little bit further back. He is sideline to
1: sideline. He is. He is. But, again, the problem is, at the same time, he's going to end up playing free safety because no one's going to trust him It's such strong safety. No. No, there's and no Kyle's way he's playing at strong safety. And Kyle Duggar is
0: one that's rising up draft boards, but he plays for Lenoir Rhine Bears, um, which is why he's being held back a little bit. <laughs> Kyle Duggar is one that is a one to
1: w- watch out for on day two. It wouldn't, so Ashton, going back to Ashton Davis, one second, it wouldn't shock me if he's the Eddie Jackson of this draft, if he's the guy who comes in and the, you know, throws a couple of headline stats and he's the one that everyone's really interested in um so yeah it, i think other than that it's not a great it's not a great draft from a safety perspective uh, no it's not no.
0: um there's only two other players that are like deep 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 sleeper status for me uh, yep. a wide receiver the first one is lynn Bowden from kentucky he's a kind yep. of a do-it-all wide receiver i think he's thrown a few passes as well being used at running back if you want to look at someone that just kind of a bit like on the last podcast, I talked about Bryce Perkins at uh, Virginia as the kind of receiver, but he's like a quarterback, but he's basically a running back. Uh, Lynn Bowden's one of those guys, a bit like a, a Taysom Hill type that you could just put in. He's a football yeah. player. A bit like Isaiah Simmons is a defender.
1: He's not a There's more There's more chance of Isaiah Simmons becoming a starting quarterback than there is uh, our friend in, in Wait now, and see, mate. In... <laughs> Perfect yes, for the Jags.
0: Sure. <laughs> um, the other one then, so Limbo in the Kentucky is one to to think about. I just watch and see how much fun he is to watch. The other one is Darnell Mooney from the Tulane Green Wave. Um, Jesus he's another one that I think You're is going be, deep. I'm going deep, but I just did a, a 12 pick draft for the the Jags, so I looked at them all. And uh, Darnell Mooney is one of those kind of kick returners that could become a wide receiver three uh, later mm-hmm. on. So there
1: you so go. So if so we, we've hit a lot of names around. Um, we have. Just as, just as a headline. Hit the mark. dry throat. Who is the one real, not deep, but who's the guy who we should look out for on offense for you? Um, so for me, I'll give you mine first. Um, so Dayton, Adam Troutman, tight end. Um, I think he's a guy that I'm going to be looking at. No matter who he goes to, I'm going to be looking at in the pros. I think he's got that something about him. So Adam Troutman is the guy that I'm, or as Americans would pronounce it, Troutman probably. <laughs> but no, he's, he's got limited tape on him, but every everything I saw of him I liked. So he's my okay. guy offensively. I'm not sure I've really got a guy. I think there's some real kind of question
0: marks about if you're talking about wide receivers. Um, mm-hmm. Lavisca Chennault is a boom or bust type guy. I, I personally think he'll be amazing. Um, but then you've got
1: Denzel Mims as well. Who's a guy who's not going to. to go in the first, first or second round? A guy who's sort of a third-round offensive sleeper that we should probably keep an eye on. I know I'm putting this on you, but... Thanks. <laughs> as um, I said, you, you've just done a 12th pick for the, yep. uh, for the Jags. So you've got it in your pocket. So I'm going to go to
0: Texas Longhorns, and either one of Colin Johnson or Devin DuVernay, both of those guys are kind of later-round sleepers. But I think round three wouldn't be... You know, reaching too much for either of those guys. Colin Johnson's a more kind of um, tall guy that can just jump up a couple of inches, and he's taller than the cornerback to get it. Uh, yeah, Devonne more of the kind of shifty
1: guy. So I, I don't know Devonne. I know Colin. I know Johnson. Um, so I know, yeah, I'm aware of Johnson. I'm not I'm not sure of uh,
0: Yeah Devin Devonne is moving up some draft boards. So yeah, again, if you want a round three, then Yeah, if you put me on it then there you go there's there's a round 3 talent either one of the Texas Longhorns watch some of their game tape and you see bye for them at the same time So
1: saves you some time that makes perfect sense Yeah. Um, do you want to pick one defensively as well Uh, I can do mine first if you want to give you a bit more time
0: I would say Willie Gay Jr just because the red flags you don't know who's going to take him who's going to take the chance but um, because obviously teams have been bitten before the 49ers took a chance, didn't they, on uh, Ruben Foster in the first round and it didn't work yep. out. So now he's at the, uh, the Redskins, like you said. So,
1: yeah, cool. Um, the I'm going to go for an edge rusher, uh, Daryl Taylor from Tennessee. Okay. So he is my sneaky good. Now, the reason I didn't mention him a minute ago um, was mainly because I had on, on my spreadsheet that I've got because I'm just that sad. Um, i've got a section <laughs> specifically mentioned for him um, and it was on another screen that i just didn't see so <laughs> <laughs> it was just like i specially mentioned him and completely forgot to say anything about him well so out of out of tennessee now the problem is he's kind of too big to be an egg rusher um in terms of his size so he's like two sixty, two seventy, 270 something like that six four um, moves really well. The problem is, um, is he's a speed rusher. And in the NFL now, they don't just want speed rushers. They want guys who are going to have an all-round game. So the likelihood is he's probably going to end up going about round three, round four, um, going into the NFL. I mean, there's a there's a really reasonably good chance he might end up going about round six or round seven. Um Everything I've seen of him so far though has been really impressive. So, Daryl Taylor from Tennessee is my yep. guy. Oh, well done, man. There you go. Troutman and Taylor. That's all you need to know. <laughs> a tight end and a linebacker. Yeah. Well, he's, he's uh, more expensive. of an outside uh, edge yeah. more than anything. I mean, as far outside an edge as you can, you can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> Way outside. Yeah. Well, there we go. So that was our first round mock. Obviously some
0: yep. surprises in there, some you know, some trades around, you know, what we think is going to happen with runs on positions. Mm-hmm. Uh you would think with so many wide receivers everyone would be holding off and you wouldn't see as many, but I just think that when someone goes for Judy or someone goes for Lamb, someone else is gonna have to pop up and get the other one and then someone else is gonna yeah. pop up and
1: kind of, of how we saw it. So I think um, the thing that the thing that I struggled with was, I mean, every mock draft I'm seeing at the moment, there's a run on wide receivers and there's a run on linemen all at the same time. Yeah, I don't see how that can be a thing. I don't see that how that can happen. I think one will happen... I mean, in ours, we've seen a run at wide receivers followed by a run at linemen. I don't see how you can have a run of the two at the same time. I don't think there's enough teams who have one specific, specified need for there to be a tackle... A run on tackle. So, I think if you're going to see, you're going to see either a run on lineman first and people moving up to get there and the wide receivers dropping or the other way around. I think um, it depends
0: on whether the mock you're watching is one that does trades or not.
1: Maybe. Maybe. I mean, so if they don't there's do one, trades, where they're then they're just stuck where they are and they're looking at the, the position. And therefore, you're picking up both. I mean, that's a very good point. So, yeah. But yeah, so it wouldn't shock me too much if we if you do start to see a few players slide. And again, it also depends on what this this virtual draft is going to look like how difficult is it to trade on draft night? Cause if it is too difficult to trade, you might need to get teams to go and blow it. We'll stick where we are and make sure we get our pick.
0: Well, again, when we were looking at who we could trade, it all depends on what happens above them. You know, we were a lot of other, other mock drafts are looking at like the quarterback situation and play and teams like the Patriots or whatever, moving up for, for Jordan Love or someone, we don't see it. So we didn't do it. Um, Although yeah. we did have a move up for Tua, and once that's done, once you've once you've taken Tua and Burrow off the board, I think there's a, a huge move back to to Herbert and yeah. and Love. So
1: I'd, I, I didn't would see be the astonished. For it. I would be astonished if if Love goes in the first round. Like crazy, seventeen and interceptions,
0: astonished. and you get pay, taken first round. Indeed, mental. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, but also we look
1: out for An- Anthony Gordon as well as mentioned in the oh, yours is Jalen, Jalen Hurts, I think.
0: Jalen Hurts is mine.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's not going
0: first round, hopefully. Hopefully he's going second round to the Steelers. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'm not so that sure was, about that.
0: That was our mock draft. So this was our last pod before the draft happens on Thursday. Uh, cannot wait to watch this draft. It's so intriguing what's gonna happen um through the whole of this first round and then through yeah. the the remainder of the of the draft rounds, having it being virtual for the first time, this you know obviously out of necessity rather than choice. But if you think anyone's got the funds to to pull this thing off, you think the NFL will be able to do it? It's going to be <laughs> going to be insane, but it's going to be brilliant to watch.
1: It's either going to be really really good or absolutely tragic.
0: <laughs> either way, Dave, we've got NFL stuff happening, which is like
1: yeah.
0: manna from heaven for for, for me because we everything else in the world being locked down. Uh, the NFL was some sweet release from uh, from everything else. So cannot wait to watch it. Um, we typically film uh, live reactions after each pick, but because of isolation and stuff and um, internet issues, might just not be able to do that this year. But we're going to do a round one reaction uh, planned for the, the day after. So the Friday, yeah. once we've had a chance, we'll have some sleep. See how many of the crew we can get in for that um to react to the picks that have been happening. Obviously I'm gonna be a bit of a um onlooker because I haven't got around one pick. But um Punk's got a couple. Or have you? No. You don't know. You have <laughs> no 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 we did our moving last year. So um <laughs> Punk's got a couple hopefully we can get him on. We had the yeah. Eagles moving up um so hopefully we can get Philly Sai uh for the review one. May even get the king, you never know uh if we can locate him. But um yeah that's our, our mock draft and our pod make sure you're checking us out on twitter at jim and the king uh, at denver dave 30 uh give us yep. a, a reaction to this comment on um our picks say how we got it completely wrong for your team um insert x player here as to why we overdrafted or underdrafted them or yep. overlooked them so yeah it's, it's, a, it's a mock draft it's just for fun um we just try and get as close as possible to what we think will happen. I can't believe we didn't take an offensive tackle until uh, pick 11, but that's just the way it shook <laughs> out. Mostly Dave's fault for not taking an offensive tackle at four. Uh, I don't agree with what he did there. But, um, yeah, say what you don't agree with um, and check us out on jimandtheking.com um, and our podcast, uh, which you can find uh, for free from iTunes or DoublePod, ev- everywhere that's uh, good for, for podcast hosting.
1: Podcast Addict as well, that's the one that I Podcast use. Addict,
0: excellent. Okay. Yeah so until next Friday until this draft is mostly over with I've been Jim that's been Denver Dave, and thank you so much for listening